Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from the Mailfuzz Network. I am Peter. I'm joined as always by Matt. Hey, what's up? No booster gold this week, though. Not no, that excited. No booster gold. Although, gold's not a million miles away from orange on the colour spectrum, which is not a million miles away from ginger. I say gold and the wife comes running. I don't know what her problem is. Uh, uh, they try to be sneaky and whisper, but it be. Try to be sneaky and whisper, but it's her whisper is like a like a like a banshee. I'm doing my long convoluted intro for Connor, and yeah, just... it's like the, the 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 most out there intro I've ever received. Yeah, I mean normally I usually I'm trying just to say... wave her off. That's why I'm gyrating like this. Yeah, Nor- yeah. normally I just go on Connor's here, but the one time I decided to give him a proper yeah. lengthy intro, forget that. Gets ruined, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's okay. Because Connor ruined his brain because he read six issues of Red Hood, so. I guess we'll just say Connor gets the intro he deserves, not the intro he needs. (laughs) Fair. Alright, so we talk about comics, DC Comics specifically, and coming up on this week's show, we have Super Sons issue one. We have Batman, not Batman, sorry, Batwoman Rebirth issue one. Uh, although play a Batman coming up from that as well, don't worry. Uh, Batman 17, Superman 17, Trinity number 6, Nightwing 15, Green Arrow 17, Green Lantern 17, Justice League 15, Odyssey of the Amazons issue 2, plus uh, me and Matt are going to have a look at the Wildstorm issue 1, which is not in the DCU necessarily, but it's just, you know, imprint, sub, sub thing. It's weird. I feel like... After after all the new fifty two stuff had a bunch of the characters in the DC universe, it's a bit murkier. Yes, I'm not actually. If they said that if this is in the the DCU or it, it's like a parallel, it's not the Rebirth right, okay. universe. I like but that. There, there is the Daily Planet. So okay, well that keeps it neater at least then. Yeah, yeah, it means I can ignore it nicely. Oh yeah, you can. But what's what's interesting is at least in this first issue. None of the characters that have showed up in the DCU proper are even mentioned. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's the books that are coming up today. Um, but we do actually have some news. Now, one of the, the positive points, as much as I hate that we get solicits a week later now, because it means having to wait a week later, uh, the one upside is, is that all of our news actually falls on week three <laughs> instead of week two. Which is better. It is better, because week two is busier. Not by much. By a little. Every little helps, Matt. Uh, every little helps. We did this defeatist attitude. <laughs> week one would be real nice, though. Week one would be great, but they're never going to give us <laughs> week one. What they need to do is they need to give it us in the final week of the of the month, but too late that, that we can't use it for recording. Right. So they need to give it us right at the end of the month, and then it's like, Ooh. oh, look at that. It's just there for us on week one. That'd be what, nice, wouldn't it? what I'll do is I'll phone up Didio, I'll phone up Diamond, and I'll say, "Look, we've got a schedule. You need to work around our schedule. We don't I'm care." I'm sure that'll be very accommodating. Yeah, we don't care about when you have to ship books, when you have to get let the stores know about things. Work around us. And we'll... If they can push it back one week, they can push it back another one, or another two, whatever. <laughs> 
All right. But anyway, so we did get a lot of, a lot of the news. Uh, obviously, the full solicits aren't out yet. They're not till they'll we'll have anything new from them in next week's show. But in this week, we get all the early stuff, which usually means all the bigger stuff that they like to announce in advance. So first up, they've announced what their May crossover is. Because it seems like we have one for each month going forward now. We get one in March. We get one. It's April getting into May, but still, it starts in April. And now we get one in May. We have the Lazarus Contract, which is the spiritual follow-up or successor or reimagining of the Judas Contract, which is a Deathstroke and Teen Titans uh, crossover. And Titans. And Titans. I I just meant in the sort of traditional sense it was a Teen Titans and Deathstroke. Timely as well, seeing as it has the animated movie coming out, I believe, around that time. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. They've timed that nicely. Uh, so this is going to consist of four books. It's going to be done in one month. Uh, it's going to take place over Titans 11, Teen Titans 8, Deathstroke 19, and Teen Titans Annual, The Lazarus Contract, Issue 1. Uh, so that's the first annual we've got for me, because we have a fifth week, uh, obviously. So yeah. it's basically a weekly story. It'll take place over four weeks. Uh, we do have... We did get this the, the sort of solicit, the synopsis for every single issue. I'm not going to read them all, but I will read the first one just to give you a sense of the uh, what the overall plot is. Uh, and that is, when Deathstroke discovers that Wally West's return holds the key to bringing his son back from the dead, he'll stop at nothing to do just that. Don't miss the debut chapter of the epic crossover, blah, 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 blah. The last sentence is irrelevant. <laughs> um, it's got some nice interlocking covers as well. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, also worth mentioning that the one of the later issues does mention that Deathstroke does at least temporarily get access to the Speed Force. So that should be erratic. No, I thought that's what it looked like on the mm-hmm. cover. Mm. So that should be interesting. It does list all of the writers for every issue. Uh, I imagine that's that good. means they're all plotting the whole thing and then they'll maybe write the scripts for their own books. Yeah, sounds but about right. They're all getting credit for everything, so yeah. that's good. Uh, and obviously yeah, the writers in question are Dan Abnett, Benjamin Percy and Christopher Priest who are the writers on those uh, three series so yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty cool uh, I'm actually kind of liking these monthly very contained crossovers just between a couple of books yeah, yeah and they feel yeah, natural was... like go on go ahead Connor uh, I was just going to say they feel natural for their stories like uh-huh. so this is Titans Teen Titans you know, and Deathstroke, so it makes sense to have all those together and not have it spill out into anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking at the cover for Teen Titans and see Calderon, which was the first I've seen him. Hmm. Teen right. Titans 8. Yeah, I don't know right. if he has noticed that before. Um, the only thing that sticks out to me is that I thought the rise of Aqualad in Teen Titans was going to be a longer arc, but I guess it's yeah. wrapped up. Ah, they, just, they just want him on the team. Just get it done. Four. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, that's that. That was probably the biggest thing. Obviously, we got a bunch of other early solicits for uh, kind of the Superman group, but not really. But excluding the actual Superman books, like the sub super books, the super family books, we got some early solicits for them. And they're starting some new arcs. So new Superman Eleven, which is starting in May, is starting the Zero Ultimatum. Uh, Doctor Omen's deadly first experiment, the original new Superman of China, frees himself. Kirin Kong may be learning to control his super abilities, but to survive the encounter with Superman Zero, who popped up recently, uh, yep. he'll need to learn faster. Plus, the shocking origin of the ultra-powerful All Yang reveals a surprising connection to Kirin's teacher, Mr. Ai Ching. So, no. Uh, I, had, I had a glance at the cover. I proper thought that was Shazam's arm at first glance. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, just just because I had a quick glance at it, I was like, is that Shazam? Ah, it's like that Nightwing cover where it looks like Nightwing's getting abused. Pounded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it bluntly. Uh, here's what I'm really excited for. Supergirl issue 9 starts Escape the Phantom Zone. And trapped in the Phantom Zone, Supergirl and Batgirl must face the Phantom King to escape. But what deadly team is the Emerald Empress building, and what does it have to do with the future of the Girl of Steel? Pretty I, uh, sure the team's fatal. Yeah. I'm pre- I am pretty okay with this Supergirl-Batgirl team-up extending beyond what we've heard. Because we know she's in uh, Supergirl issue 8, and we know that Supergirl's in Batgirl annual in March. So I'm mm-hmm. liking this uh, this yeah. Ladies' World's Finest they're, they're building out of this. It's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, so I am down for that arc. Uh, also, Trinity issue 9, uh, which comes with a bit of bad news. Uh, remember how issue 8 is going to be Cullen Bunn instead of Francis Manipal? Yep. Well, the revised issue 7 is now also going to be Colin Bunn and not Francis Manipal. So there's two issues without him. Mm. Uh, but he is back for issue 9, which is what we're talking about here. And it's the start of a new arc called All Along the Watchtower. Very witty. I see what you did there, DC. Uh, mm-hmm. The Trinity is trapped in the Justice League Watchtower and there's a traitor in their midst. No one is... Or, sorry. Uh, no one is DC. what they seem... Yeah, no, it was because I, I, I read it like I, I thought there was meant to be another word after no one because the, it went to a new line and it confused my brain because uh, I thought I was going to say no one is sure what like my brain expected other words in the sentence it's, it's uh, fine I tripped myself up it's fine no one is what they seem as our heroes fight back against their own home turf uh, so that's cool uh, our second annual for uh me is Trinity Annual Issue 1, which unfortunately is not Manipal. Uh, it's going to be written by Rob Williams, who's currently yeah. working on Suicide Squad. Uh, but the art, the art is Gillen March. Yeah, so it makes up for it, does it? <laughs> not really, but you know, it's not that great. No, I'm, I'm not that sure big a they're... fan. No, just uh, the small stuff from Suicide Squad I read. Not, not a fan. Honestly, this is the point where if this issue was not on a week five where there'd be nothing else out, I'd probably yeah, skip I, it. Me too. But there's nothing else to read, so you're going to read it. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've only read a couple of Rob Williams' Suicide Squad. I really have no gauge on how I like him. But anyway, so the, the uh, synopsis here is you don't betray Ra's al Ghul, the legendary sorcerer's circle, and just walk away. Cersei. What? There's no other Pete. That's Cersei. Like in the say? Odyssey. What did I say? Circle. circle. Did I? All right. Well, I, you know what? I I woke up very recently and... I'm so glad that I have this up so I could... I know. Well, no, you, you've known that one either way. Circle. Yeah. Well, no. See, my needed to get going very quickly. I had to rush my morning routine, and I'm I'm not awake yet. All right, is basically what I'm saying. I'm not awake. What Pete's saying is that he just very recently learned to read, and he's just been pretending this whole time. Uh, just by going off of the pictures, he's really good at just going off the pictures. He has a director, so he's creating storyboards. He knows that we never actually check these, so he just typically yeah. just makes them up. It's, the, it's only this time where we're checking them. That we're like, hang on a second. Uh, uh, so we're sure a circle needs to be a thing. All so, right. Rucka, feel free to use that in Black Magic. 
I'm just going to make up the rest now. Lex Luthor escapes from the Phantom Zone. Sinestro's got a tickly foot, so the, the, the Trinity show up and have to stop all this menacing tickling going on across the universe, and that's your Trinity annual. I'd still read that if it was Manipal. <laughs> Matt wants to read it anyway. He's, his interest is peaked. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so you don't betray Raza Ghul and legendary sorceress. Cersei, uh, and just walk away. That's what Lex Luthor is about to learn the hard way, and now he has to unite with his former Justice League teammates if he wants to stay alive. Meanwhile, the Trinity fear this ordeal will push Lex back to the dark side. So that seems to follow up from the two previous issues which feature this sort of dark Trinity. Which I don't understand why then this isn't just written by Bun as well. Bun's busy. (laughs) Yeah, but but Bun's... With, uh, with, With Darth Maul, I think. Bun's got oh, something sorry. else in the oven. Uh, yeah, well, to, to be honest, by the time this is out, he should be pretty that. much finished with Darth Maul. Matt appreciates oh, it. So I'm going to keep reading until he gets really bad. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Flash 23, start of a new arc, or it's the prelude, but it's just, it'll, be the, fir- the arc is, it'll it? be the first issue in the trade of this, so that's not. Men's, men's words here, uh, which I've been doing all episode, let's be honest. Uh, running scared, uh, prelude, Barry Allen is at a crossroads. He's lied to the woman he loved about his life as the Flash, and a rift is growing between him and his heroic young partner. Now his greatest enemy has threatened to strike down everyone close to him. It's time to make a tough choice that will launch the Flash into his most incredible mission yet. A siege on the 25th century stronghold of Eobard Thawne. See, that sounds awesome. Yeah, well, and the cover. Yeah, has, the cover is fantastic. Has Hal Jordan, which yes. I love the bromance yes. between these two. Yeah, uh, we haven't seen it in a while. Nope. Uh, that's because Hal's been off doing God knows what. And, and nobody really cares about again. Connor. <laughs> Hal's been off doing God knows what, so if we can get a nice Hal like, Barry team even, up here. Even I don't care. I care about the other stuff. The Hal stuff's always been the worst part of that book. Yeah. Hmm. And then our third annual for me is Wonder Woman Annual Issue 1, uh, written by Rucka. Um, it seems that half of it's going to be by Nicholas Scott, art-wise, which mm-hmm. is pretty exciting. Uh, the other half by Liam Sharp. And I actually kind of like what they're doing here. I uh, wouldn't say half. It does say and others on art. Well, no, but the way they describe it, it sounds like it's going to be two stories. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe there will be a third or fourth, but it sounds like it's going to be like a 50-50 thing, just because, just because of the way they describe the plot. Well, yeah, but it, it also does say and others on art. It does. I, I agree it does say it and others. I don't care. That cover is beautiful and I need it as a poster. I second that. Um, the so. world of the amazing Amazon expands in a collection of short stories that take Wonder Woman around the globe. In the days after year one, Diana comes face to face with Superman and Batman for the first time, uh, as illustrated by Nicholas Scott. And years later, Liam Sharp draws the story of how their friendship has evolved. So you're getting like the first meeting with them and then the sort of present day kind of I, I do have a quick question about this not the story itself but this mentions that this one comes with the digital download code it does indeed mm-hmm. yes and obviously this is usually a twice monthly book that doesn't get that uh but it's, it says 4.99 as the cover price which and is normal if i'm wrong that's is... the normal price for annuals yeah that's a normal price for annuals yeah, so I'm, I'm pages still yeah i'm wondering if the digital one will still be 4.99 on that one uh, I imagine it will be because it's bigger, but I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll happily find out if it's not. <laughs> that's what I mean. If that's three ninety nine on digital, that's a that's a real big move. But it'd be surprising. Yeah, I can see it not being just because it's like a one off annual thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Interesting, the other annuals were month, single monthlies anyway, so they should by default come with the digital code. Uh, yeah, but again, I'm not sure if they'll be cheaper. Uh, I'm not expecting it, but if it turns out to be the case, I will not complain. Might be a, might be a nice surprise yeah. come ordering day. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so next up, here's something uh, quick. Uh, the cover for Batman number 22, which is the second, uh, well not the second part, but the, the second Batman issue <laughs> in the uh, the button crossover, yep. reveals that Thomas Wayne, Flashpoint Batman, is got something to do with it in some way. We don't know what to what extent, we just know he's on the cover. Yeah. I think that's worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt was disgusted by this, and I'm curious... It was, it was fake disgust, just because uh, I like poking it beat. All right, okay. James got it, but I think James just likes poking at you too. Everyone so. likes poking at Pete. It's fun. Yeah. Which I just I feel like Azrello's Thomas Wayne from Flashpoint is what Zack Snyder used Bruce Wayne for <laughs> in Batman vs Superman. It does feel like yeah, that. So it is. There's and- a there's a small bad taste in my mouth from that. Although this morning I saw that someone edited the theme song from Lego Batman mm. into the warehouse scene on Batman versus Superman. And oh, it I makes it infinitely this. more infinitely more watchable. So that's that. Go check that out. I'll tell you what I found. I, I, I told Connor about it. That I found the other scene from Man of Steel. Uh, uh-huh. after they've stopped like most of the Kryptonians and it comes down to Metropolis and it's in a wasteland. <laughs> Yeah, the horribly timed kiss. Yes, the horribly timed kiss scene. Yeah. That's the one, right? Someone on YouTube has added in the sound effects of just random people screaming in pain around everything as they kiss, and it's That's glorious. Nice. And you know Clark can hear all that. Oh, yeah, he's got super uh, hearing. Of course. And we can hear it, so... <laughs> yeah, it's deeply amusing. I, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, uh, so that, that's the only reason I went ugh about Thomas Wayne. It's not actually the story, because I trust... In, in the storytellers, even though it's, King, I have a bone to pick. Well, there's, well, there's a, a good, yeah. interesting point for you, Matt, here, is that Jeff Johns mm-hmm. plotted this this crossover. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you got Which King and Williamson who are scripting their issues, but Johns well, plotted... And it, and it naturally ties into Flashpoint, being that that was a very Batman-Flash storyline. Yeah. So, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Also, that lenticular, the opposite lenticular is Zoom. Yeah, yeah and I love the uh, yeah. the the red um, the blood splatter just in the yeah. same way that it is on the Watchman badge. So good. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, also, it makes sense that they're going back to Flashpoint, given this is the inception of this entire yep. time messing up plot. Yep. Uh, and also, I just want to clarify, just in case you are, if you just started reading DC uh, with Rebirth and Matt just said Zoom, and you've watched the Flash TV show, I just want to clarify who he means by Professor that. Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he means Eobard Thon, not uh, Hunter yes. Solomon, which was Wally's Zoom in the comics. So, just, just yeah, to... Flash the story gets convoluted. Flash gets confusing, and, doesn't it? Yeah. And I hate, well, yeah, and I, I hate that Flash has done that, the TV show, because there's a big difference between Reverse Flash, Professor Zoom, and Zoom well, now. It, well, yeah, but I, I kind of yeah. like it and dislike it. I actually think it makes more sense to have one be called Reverse Flash and one be called Zoom. It's actually really confusing in the comics to explain to a new yeah. person. No, no, there's Zoom and there's Professor Zoom, but they're both Reverse Flash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but my I, brain was okay with that 
it's when you start mucking it up now with with the TV show Zoom, who's different than uh, Thon, who we just call Thon now because Professor Zoom's kind of a weird yeah, moniker. Yeah, kind of got yeah. lost, didn't it? Yeah. Honestly, in a weird way, it has kind of become just reverse Flash for me, for him. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, I don't know if I'd actually call Zolomon Zoom, but he's Wally's reverse Flash. So it just... I, I kind of know by what Flash I'm talking about, which I'm talking. Whereas in the show, like Barry fought both, so you have just, to kind of. Yeah. I, I do think Izzy's just to refer to them both by their name, isn't he? Yeah. You know, Thorn Zolomon. Solomon. Um, Clears up any confusion. Doesn't matter what what. But what I, just, going under I thought I'll, I'll go over yeah, that yeah. though because someone who doesn't know and they just hear Max say Zoom, they might jump to. Yeah. Solomon. Yeah. And or, by that, it's just shorthand from years of reading comics. Or not Jay. Yeah, not Jay. <laughs> Who's <laughs> in Twenty Four Legacy, Jake by Garrett. the way? If you want to see him, really, and, and he may be a villain. He may not be though. It's probably huh. not. <laughs> yeah, episode one was well, hinting. I, I decided I know the twist already, and so it's it's cool. Yeah, episode one of Twenty Four Legacy was hinting far too hard that he was the mole, so it can't be him. Exactly. But you guys have never watched Twenty Four before, so you're not allowed to have an opinion on the new show. Hey, I watched six seasons. <laughs> I know why I'm you're making that, that. Yeah, I know why you're making comment. that joke, but I did watch six seasons. I just want. To... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just love love when people assume things. Mm. Uh, All right, you're uh, British. You have accents. You don't know what you're talking about. Twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so next up, this is this, this came out of nowhere. This is really interesting. Uh, so we're going to get a twelve issue maxi series starting in May, uh, called Bane Conquest, and it's going to be written by Chuck Dixon and art by Graham Nolan. Uh, Chuck Dixon, of course, uh, obviously was a big bat writer in the nineties and two thousands. He did tons yep. of bat series. He wrote a lot of Detective. He wrote uh, Nightwing. Mm-hmm. He wrote. Uh, Robin was the other one I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. Even did, did a big bit of Birds of Prey as well, did he not? If I'm thinking about it. Yeah. He did, yeah. So, him coming back really feels kind of like, uh, oh, now it feels like DC proper again. <laughs> Chuck Dixon's writing a bat-related yeah, book. it's a homecoming. Yeah. yeah. Especially with him having created Bane. Yeah. Kind of his thing. Yeah, yeah, so they did a 12-issue Bane series, which is going to spin out of I Am Bane, which is the current Batman storyline. Which makes sense, because this will be about when... Because I am Bane will obviously end before the button starts, so this will just be about a month after. Just, it'll be just just after, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here's here's the blurb that they released. The co-creators of Bane make the triumphant return to the character with a 12-issue series that will push him to the limit. Bane is seeking to create a global criminal empire with the help of his original gang, Bird, Trog, and Zombie. The man who broke the bat moves beyond Gotham to find new cities to conquer and new enemies to crush. He won't stop until he stands at the top of the world of crime. For Bane, it's all about... Conquest in all caps. Oh, I'm down for this. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. I'm not always super excited about villains getting their or like being the protagonist, uh, but I hope that uh, I like this regardless because it sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, and he's a uh, sidekick showed up this week. We'll obviously talk about this when we get to Batman, but some of those sidekicks popped up in Batman this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does feel like they're properly spinning it out and it's definitely in universe uh, I wonder what the end game is I wonder what the like are we going to have like a Bane who's kind of like the, the not not actually but like kind of like he's the, the head of the new intergang where like they, they reference him a lot because he's he's running this criminal organisation I mean he kind of gets referenced a lot in general through having Santa Prisca right you know and having yeah. that mm. army that he does there 
So, See, I almost rather have Banana Republic, like Bane. Like, he's just in charge of Santa Prisca, and everyone just kind of leaves him alone. Maybe that'll be Don't how know. it ends, where he just loses, and yeah. he just slinks back to Santa right. Prisca. I wonder if it'll lead to a, an event, though, first. Like, maybe he does get control of some big organization or something, and then it leads to an event where, like, Batman's like, right, League, come on, <laughs> let's go take care of Bane. Yeah. I don't know. It would seem kind of weird to have an event spin out of a maxi like this. Not spin out of such. Because... Just kind of like. They've done it before, like when the, like, yeah. they set up a status quo in some random series. And, you, and years later, you talk about an event and you, you forget like all the little things that set up all the pieces in place. No, no, that, that's true. It's just. Bane and Chuck Dixon seems a weird, like, just. It kind of feels like, yeah. no, this is kind of its own thing. Let's just. I think it's just going to be in the background. Yeah. yeah, maybe. You know, but um, whatever. It'll probably be worth a read. I just, the most interesting I've ever found Bane was when Simone was writing him in Secret Six. Hmm. And he was like this kind of weirdly paternal guy that was just trying to watch after the team. Honestly, you know, the most interesting for me was just back in Nightfall when he showed up. That, that was the best uh, stuff I've read from him still. So we'll see, though. I mean, I have an open mind about it. I just. It's weird that he's trying to be like it was almost like Breaking Bad for Bane. Like he's <laughs> gonna try to create a criminal empire because he can. You mean Breaking you know? Bat? Breaking Bat, there you go. If that's not one of the, the titles of the chapters, I'm gonna be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> they should name every every issue after a, a TV show, but like you know, change it with a bat pun. Kind of um, like how Riverdale is doing all the movie titles. Yeah, yeah, Riverdale's yeah. doing all the movie titles for episodes, yeah. Uh, Alright, so also uh, the one bit of news you'll be delighted to hear, this is actually, at least for the first month, it's on week one, so mm-hmm. if they keep that going forward, that's nice. Oh my god. That's a nice little, <laughs> that's a nice place to put it. Uh, Alright, so last up, just a quick thing, they did didn't really say anything about them, but they did reveal some covers for some uh, DC Looney Tunes crossovers this week. Obviously, it's not entirely topical to what we... Because we were talking about the DC Universe. This isn't quite that. This is more of a fun side thing. But the covers they revealed... One was Jonah Hex with Yosemite Sam. One was a Martian Man... Not. Yeah. One was Martian Manhunter with Marvin the Martian. Which is funny. I do have to admit, though, I'm a little bit sad that this is the first time we're seeing Martian Manhunter and since Rebirth started is... In this, <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Uh, Lobo and the Roadrunner sounds fun. Uh, that one's probably yeah. my favorite because it's like a uh, Welly Coyote and like Lobo. He's, it's like he's taking a contract out on the on the Roadrunner and he's showing Lobo <laughs> yeah. the, the contract. It's really it amused me. Uh, be great I, I just want to see him fall. Yeah, yeah, fall to the hijinks. Yeah, yeah, because Roadrunner uh, runs him into a wall and he just splatters. Well, if they're going, if they're smart about it, the Flash will show up, and they'll Roadrunner and the Flash will team up against KOA and Lobo. That 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 would be what I would do if I was writing it. <laughs> Not that I would write it, but I would never have thought of it. <laughs> so by all means, uh, and then the last one they showed was Batman and Elmer Fudd. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down for some Looney Tunes books, so take, what, what can I say? Just wait, taking a page out of, of Green Lanterns, is he going to lecture Elmer Fudd on why using a gun isn't fitting of him? <laughs> He's probably going to try. Well, it's, it's why he always fails. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, I'll teach them how to hunt rabbits properly and then Bugs Bunny's really get in for. Batman's just swinging batterings at him. I'm, I'm just picturing Bugs. Bugs Bunny with a batarang between his eyes. And yeah. lying there dead with blood pouring from his head. Uh, yeah. That'll be amazing. We need a podcast artist who can like sketch these ridiculous things we came up with. That's what Should we need. But uh, that's the news. That's a uh, nice wide variety of things. There are stuff to look forward to in May. So uh, yeah, let's go on to some books. So first up, we're going to talk about Super Sons issue one, written by Peter J. Tomasi and art by Jorge Jimenez. Uh, obviously, we've been waiting for this for a long time. It's uh, Damien and John team up finally and it was indeed super fun uh, well, there's an opening that's a little bit weird, it's not really addressed again for the rest of the book, I'm sure obviously it'll come into play with the, the main plot as it yep. it goes on, uh, with a, a TV show that's been filmed with this kid who like makes all his friends do stuff you know, to his bidding it's like he has control over it, them yeah, it's family, it's very yeah. Twilight Zone it's a good life yeah, 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 where, I, I know exactly there's like this, yeah, this this undercurrent of a threat that they have to listen or else hmm. Hmm. but there's not much to say on it because it's a couple of pages it's not really brought up we yeah. see we see uh superboy and robin fighting a bunch of like weird puppet-esque clones of themselves and then it's like nah right back to the start let's see how this actually starts and we have a lot of really fun stuff we have damien dressing up and being disguised as the school bus driver uh, and like unmasking at one point <laughs> and John getting pissed at him uh, so that's super fun and as a teacher right yeah well I don't think we see it but he, men- he mentions that he yeah mentions like, he mentioned him yeah. last week so, uh, history class that was me <laughs> so we know Damien's um, 13 yes. how old is yeah. John supposed to be is I he think, like 11 10? yeah I think like 2 years younger something like that Okay. I'd definitely say 11 or 12. 10 seems a okay. little bit young. Yeah. Just because their stuff goes in between. Because John's like, but you drove the bus. You're not 16. He's like, I've been driving since I was 10. You know, which... It, to be fair, I think he actually says five. Just to I think get, he says oh, five. five. And it cut yeah, me up because that was a throwback to uh, Batman and Robin. I, yeah. I don't know if you recall. Because obviously you read it not that long ago. Where... Um, Gordon asks him, like, do you even know how to drive? And he's just, like, chilling in the, in the Batmobile. Yeah. There was five. And he's been... He's been doing other stuff since he was ten that he shouldn't be. So yeah. I just... He's such yeah. a jerk, and I love it. What, what I really want to point out here, though, is uh, in the art, uh, the facial expressions uh, are super, are... super down. Because it's, like... Yep. Them being angry at each other uh, or laughing at each other when they think they've got the one up on the other one, you know, mm-hmm. great stuff. Uh, obviously, we also have John wanting to use his heat vision uh, when the snowball bullies are getting one. Mm. Is that actually yeah. when uh, Damien sort of shows his hand because Damien throws mm. a massive snowball off the roof because he's Damien. Because of course he does. Yeah, because he has to be over the top and well, and and see, I like how they're drawing the line between the two. Is like John is constantly. Being told by his parents to stand up to people, but you need to do it without using your abilities. Where Damien's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm play gonna do, that I'm gonna do whatever I have to." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm just gonna drop a gigantic snowball on these twelve-year-olds because <laughs> yeah. I'm Damien. And of course, so. the the whole main plot actually starts because Batman's like, "No, Damien, 
You're falling behind on your studies, you're not coming out yep. on patrol, you're staying in, staying in the cave. And Damien says... He talks over Alfred, and he does a hand <laughs> plant on his head. Uh, so so good. He, he decides to just show up in John's bedroom in the middle of the night. John's going to bed, you know, Lois tucks yep. him in, uh, which makes me feel a bit younger than 12. I have to admit, I don't remember being tucked in at the age yep. of 12. Yeah. I think but that's then he, just he has something a special to do child. With, yeah, I think that's just something to do with him and. Mm. Okay. And I don't he, know. They talk about how his his flight powers haven't taken hold yet, so, you know, it's kind of like you never know what's going to happen with him. So you kind of want to keep checking in on him. Yeah. So also, I love that when Damien sort of like because obviously Lois tucks him in. Oh, sorry, they shouldn't tuck him in. Sorry, I'm I'm just looking at that. He goes to bed on his own accord. I do apologize. Uh, but he goes into bed and it's just there's a panel of him sleeping and then the next panel is just you hear, he's, the, the the speech bubble from Damien just comes from the darkness behind him and it just says I hope you remember to flush Johnny boy and I read it's that terrifying isn't it it is terrifying do you know what I, it, it, I read that in the voice almost of Jack Nicholson from The Shining it just that's what, that's what it feels yeah. like it feels like a sinister thing to just say in the I, background I, I, that's exactly how I read it and I definitely think Damien did an impression there when he said that <laughs> I also, I, I I just love the idea. I can even though you can't really see his face, there's like a, a little bit of shading to indicate that he's there. But I can actually just tell he's got a smirk in his face as he's saying it. Yeah, you can. He's proud of you himself. You can hear the smirk. Yeah, you can hear the smirk. Uh, so they have a bit of banter about uh, who would win in a fight. Blah 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 blah. I, and I'm David, older. I'm taller. Yeah. Shut up. And. Uh, <laughs> Damien's like, all right, there's been some break-in attempts at uh, LexCorp. Right, let's go. Don't be a kid anymore. Let's go and be super, blah, 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 blah. So, fantastic shot, which is now my new wallpaper, by the way, of Damien mm-hmm. and John uh, in the skyline in Light. silhouette with the lightning behind them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, John's leaping. He can't fly yet. That's that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually we end with a really classic uh, Batman and Robin-esque like, climbing up the side of a building uh, when... Cameo alert, uh, Lex Luthor uh, shows up behind him. Obviously, he's got his suit so he can fly. And he's like, uh, can I help you boys with something? Which, what's funny about that line as well is that even feels very different to his normal tone. That sounds like something Superman would say. And it feels like he's trying to emulate that. See, I don't know. From Lex, I feel it's like he knows... Well, he, he obviously knows who Damien is. Really? Yeah. Because he's, he's Robin. And he, he's just like, okay, what are they doing? I'm going to have some fun with this almost. Yeah, like well, he's not taking them seriously. Well, that's kind of what I mean. He doesn't seem like he's, uh, you know, Lex. I think typically, if he catches someone in the side of his building, he will be like, "What is this outrageous thing going on?" You know, he'd get very upset and angry and mm-hmm. try and like force his uh, dominance on them. Whereas here, it feels more like, "Oh, these are kids." And it's more sarcastic teacher. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know when if if there's someone with the phone out and it's like, "Oh, you got any news for you want to share with everyone?" Like that sort of thing. Yeah. Matt's staying very quiet. For someone who nope. uh, loves Lex Luthor and loves everything <laughs> No, well, it's just a page. Like, I don't... I'm not going to throw just... nuts over just a page. It's fine. Yeah. Well, it's the last page. I, I, I love this <laughs> yeah. issue one. So, uh, yeah, me too. I am I am fully on board for Super Sons. Not that I really thought I wouldn't be, because uh, yeah. let's be honest, it's, it's there's no reason why it shouldn't have been great, because it's the same writer as Superman who's been killing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And honestly, John and Damien are like... 
both fantastic characters. I know some people don't love yep. Damien all that much, but uh, that's the point, though. Like, you he's... love him because he's a dick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and they play off each other great because they're so different. Because Damien is the... He's almost like... Do you know what Damien is? Damien's the one who will say, I'm the goddamn Batman when he becomes Batman. Yeah. He's <laughs> he that will, guy. Yeah. 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 You know, it's it's all in the the way they're posed as well. Uh, the mm. panel after the one you said, after the, the Dark Knight Returns shot, you've mm. got John stood up, shoulders out, you know, classic pose, yeah. and Damien's yeah, just there like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's, I almost want to jump in until the universe at that point and just like show John the uh, the page from like uh, it was, it was issue four or five of Nightwing, where it starts with Damien doing his practicing his Teen Titans call. He's like, "To me, my Titans." <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he's a doc too. Don't don't listen to him. He's he's pretending <laughs> to be cool. Yeah. But it also plays off of he's older, so John kind of looks to him, even though he shouldn't, just because he's the older kid. Mm. Yeah. You know. Well, and hey, Damien, Damien knows this. Damien did get him that video game for Christmas to show up yeah. Clark, so, yeah, you know, friendship so, is brewing. I, I, I do look forward to Nightwing and John interacting more, too, just because we know how much Dick mm. loves Clark. Yeah. You know, it's like his and, favorite uncle. And Clark loves Dick. Clark loves Dick. Right back. So I, I'd like to see how their relationship's different because I'm sure it's not as contentious. Like, we know that Damien has a lot of affection for his older brother, hmm. but he still will call him out. Or I think John's in Look at Nightwing is kind of like his hero. And yeah. Go from there. Which, given where the name Nightwing comes from, it's actually something kind of cool about the young half-Tretonian yeah. looking up to Nightwing. I can also see at some point yep. John taking inspiration from Dick to be his own man rather than just being yeah. his father. Mm, and that's where yeah. he'll come into his own as his own hero at some point. Yep. Yeah. Uh... See, this is how the Bat family and Super family should interact. I get so tired of them being pitted against each other, and I'm glad that DC is doing team-ups with, you know. Oh, I'm so glad this is... Batgirl and Supergirl, John and Damien. I'm I'm so glad this is an ongoing. I'm so glad. Do you know what they should have called This World Smallest? And then they should start a Batgirl-Supergirl book called uh, World's Finest. Because, I mean, Batman and Superman don't need it. They're, they're in tons of books together. They're, yeah. they're fine. They're, they're yeah, sorted. They got Trinity. Yeah, they got Trinity. They're in Justice yeah, League. Well, they're and they had Batman, Superman, or Superman, Batman, whatever iteration, every other time. They can let the younger kids step in. Yeah. Because yeah. we did have World's Finest in the New 52 with the, the Earth 2 versions. It right? was a Huntress Power and Power Girl. Girl. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was it. But, yeah, Helena Wayne. Though not not this Huntress in Birds of Prey. Yeah, to well, clear it wasn't Bernelli. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was Huntress, who's the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. Not Huntress from, from yes. Earth Two. From Earth Two. And Power Girl, who is Earth Two, Supergirl. Which again, this is where I see arguments that sometimes it's a little insular at DC, but at the same time, it's why I love DC. Uh, oh yeah, but so many uh, this versions. is why. See, when you're introducing a new person to comics, you don't mention Earth Two for a while. No. You <laughs> no. just get the fundamentals. Get the fundamentals, and then oh, start. I was just saying, I feel like thanks to the Flash show dealing with multiple Earths, it's, yeah. it's probably made that a lot more accessible to uh, mm. a whole bunch of people now. Because it's it's something I've seen on TV for over a year, and it's kind of just built in as, oh, this is how it is now. And yeah. it doesn't play that differently in the comics. Yeah. Uh, but there you go, that's uh, Super Sun's uh, full, full marks for me. Uh, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. 
Alright, that'll take us on to Batwoman Rebirth, issue one, uh, written by Margaret Bennett and James the IV, art by Steve Epting, and this was definitely a Rebirth issue, because this was, here's a history of Batwoman. <laughs> yeah. Here's Kate Kane's past. Batwoman Rebirth should be in a perfect world. Yes. Everything up. I feel like this was more useful to me than the, the uh, JLA one last week. Yeah. Because... Here's the difference. Yes, they're both okay, here's the recap and here's who everyone is, but JLA just gave us four issues doing that. This I don't think we've seen any of this origin stuff maybe in her early New 52 book. I don't know if they'd covered it in there, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, I didn't read I didn't read that. I did read the early Detective Comics run. Right, and I'm sure there. they covered it in there. Yeah, but, but the rest of sure it they... Yeah, exactly. So it's been a while, so anyone who's new needs this. Mhm. I'm going to criticise it a little bit, uh, because I don't know if it actually explains those elements as well as it... Because you, you see Beth, right? You, there's, a couple, there's a panel yeah. or two of Beth. I don't know, it doesn't adequately explain who she is, I don't think. Um, and I don't know if that's because maybe they're going to retell the story and they want it to be a I surprise so. for new readers. I yeah. think so, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's because why. Because they hint at it. So if you know about that story, then you can fill in the blanks. And if not, it's kind of like, well, who's this lady... Because this played out like these are breadcrumbs for what's to come. Even like that final page just sums all that up. Uh, not uh, the final page, but the yeah. prelude so that. Yeah, they did that thing that the GLA Rebirth did where the last page is like a coming up soon on yeah. Batwoman and it's yeah. like four panels of different things. Uh, oh. uh, which is fine. I have no problem with that page. That's, that's cool. Nah, give us a tease. No. I, I do think obviously because all that stuff was pre-New 52 and it all changed, so this will be their take on that, I think. Yeah, most lately. Uh, although most of it kind of sinks up anyway. Like I, I, I admittedly, I'd forgotten a lot of it, and I was kind of remembering as I was reading it. So I guess in that sense, it was quite useful. I do have to admit, though, that when I finished the issue, I kind of felt like, all oh, right, that was just kind of like extended uh, preview. Yeah, it was like a summary of events. It, it felt less like an issue of a comic and more just like here's a, a recap, a, a brief history of Batwoman. I get that. I get that, uh, but Epting's art's amazing, so I don't care. Oh, the art's nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's certainly not complete. Obviously, the only real big thing to talk about is the last page, which is like a glimpse into yeah. the future. And I, I, say, I say I don't mean the the four panel preview. I mean the one no. that's just captioned soon. Yeah, and yeah. it's like a, basically showing that it, it shows what appears to be Kate Kane, although it may not necessarily be her. Um, I have theories because and it's, it seems that she's running Colony now. And one of them says, uh, Commander Kane, we're approaching Gotham, and she's like, light everything up, or whatever the line is. Open fire. Open fire, there you go. Uh, and part of me's thinking, oh, maybe her mother's not dead, and it's actually her mother. <laughs> that was my first thought. Uh, no, no. Because I feel I like, feel just like with, 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 just like is, with Batman, but... it's, it's the death of her sister and mother that kind of drive her and her dad. So I just I think that she is leading up Colony, but I think she's because she's embraced the soldier. Yeah, but that's where I think the story's gonna go. Yeah, but there's going to be a swerve. Yeah. It's not just going to be she's the leader of Colony and no. she's going to. Oh, obviously it'll be she's twisted Colony to her own purpose. Yeah, exactly. Or something like that, and yeah. it's actually they're going to do something good when she's saying open yeah. fire. Exactly. Yeah. Because we know that the the whole Batwoman Begins arc that we just got in Detective was about the the monster venom. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm wondering if that if she's using Colony to fight 
the monster man yeah. and they're like her oh very her potential but, I'm gonna go out, but this last this last go page on. though does definitely want you to think this is villainous like, the, the way it says oh, yeah. soon oh, yeah. and it's like here she is leading colony it's definitely trying to say all oh, it's pushing it too yeah. hard oh obviously that yeah i mean I, I, that's why i'm no that's yeah. why i'm saying it's definitely a swerve and there's definitely going to be no she's actually doing something good here uh yeah. i also don't think it'll be a permanent like she's not going to be just a commander after this like she's you know gonna... what I, I, it's weird i almost want it to be i i think i really like that idea of her fully embracing the soldier then she's got the approval of her father but she'll maybe not quite have the approval of batman but she never yeah. has she's never so- seeked that and which i would uh, love her to be a true neutral to where she's fighting for herself yeah. and colony and like sometimes she rubs up against batman yeah and where they're not working against each other they're just using their different methods and that's you know, kind of so where batman she lets her operate yeah i don't i don't see her losing the batwoman moniker though i think I she'll know, still she looks like colony as... prime mm, there i think like, she'll the suit still looks leave like it a combination as a I think I think she'll keep that name and go. That's that's my title still. Like she's earned that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if she's rubbing up against Batman. She's gonna use that. But that's why I feel like she might do it. It's like, I, I don't care what you think. I earned this over however many years that I was this. This is who I am. Hmm. I'm not feeling the soldier get up though. I, like the the outfit. I don't know. It's not. It's not speaking to me. Oh, it just again, it looks like Colony Prime, who we saw in Batwoman. I like, maybe I'm just a fan of capes and coals, and that's entirely possible. But I'd rather. Yeah, I kind of like. like it. I quite like the big flowing cape on the on the soldier outfit. <laughs> it's working for me. Uh, but that was kind of the biggest thing. The rest of it was just here. Her and her sister yeah. kidnapped. Her and her yeah, father her and, stuff. her and one of her lovers that might come back and. Those were my favorite pages, I think, for the art because it played like a Epting, like doing a noir thing, and yeah, it felt like like what I typically expect from Epting anyway. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, though, I was just kind of like, yeah, it was a rebirth issue. It was fine. It was kind of in the same pantheon as a lot of the other rebirth issues for me. It didn't uh, set my world on fire. I'm looking forward to issue one a lot, but uh, this on its own didn't uh, do much for me. No, I get that. I just yeah. think it feels more relevant than the JLA one did, being as people may not know this, whereas the JLA one, they could have just, at the start of issue one, could have gone, hey, go read these one-shots that were out. I actually enjoyed the JLA Rebirth more. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Well, I this one more. That's fair. I just, I don't know. Uh, that, that, that's, this felt less like a... Because the JLA Rebirth, to me, still felt like the start of a story. It still felt like... Uh, it was getting things going, whereas this, I just feel like it was a list of things that you need to do. It felt mm. more like a checklist than it did a, a book. That's fair. But uh, I don't think it'll matter going forward, though. I think, like, like I a lot of the Rebirth issues that were... I mean, I'll say it again. Wonder Woman Rebirth was one of the worst Rebirth issues, and then the book's been one of the best, so... Yeah. I, I wouldn't uh, read too much into it. Uh so yeah, that's uh, Batwoman Rebirth, issue 1. That'll take us on to Batman, issue 17. Tom King writing, of course, and David Finch on art. This is the second part of the I Am Bane story. That was a wonderful noise, Connor. I'm so glad that we got that in there. I'm glad it wasn't I, me. I, I kind of tried to hold it in, noise. but... Yeah. Uh, just, just throw a curveball. I think I might be more on Matt's side than Pete's this time. Do you oh, know man. what my side is? I like to hear that. 
I'm just assuming. You're just assuming. I'm just assuming. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay it out real quick. Um, I'm tired of Tom King having great first issues of, of arcs. And then the, the next one, the next issue just pisses me off and it makes me want to throw my comic across the room. And, and this time I read it on my iPad because uh, I couldn't wait to find out what happened. And so, so I got it digitally in addition to physically at my comic shop. And that might be what's leading to the anger. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't throw my iPad across the room when I was done. Uh, so, I wouldn't say I was angry. I wouldn't go uh-huh. quite that far. Perhaps disappointed, though. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not feeling quite that. Uh, I liked the second half of the issue quite a bit. I thought the build up to Bane in the second half was really cool. I loved the the teaser Bane on the roof, like kidnapping all the other Batman allies that are still around, you know, Gordon and uh, whatnot, and Duke. And... It seems too easy. Like I know he's hopped up on Venom. I know that's what the whole I Am Suicide was. Is it was Bane retook, but like. I think it's because you didn't really see any of them pop any sort of fight against Bane. They just they just got taken. It's like, oh, okay, that that's cool. Well, Bane's that again. I just and also to me it diminishes Nightwing that he got taken out with the rest of the Robins. Oh, don't get me wrong. Right? I, I I'm not, I'm not getting to that yet. Like, I'm just talking about the build to no. Bane in the second half of the yeah, issue. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like I feel like you're sacrificing every Batman supporting character. In order to make Bane the scary horror villain, and I don't feel like you needed to do that. The scary horror villain is the part that works for me because I think the build up to him works quite well. Uh, the first, the first part of the issue, though, when Superman goes to the fortress and Batman's there with these uh, three Ugh. Robins who are all in like cryo sleep or whatever. Uh, that this was first, well, okay, first of all, Superman's in his post reborn costume. I don't know if anyone else noticed. He's got his yeah. red boots on. Uh, yeah, yep. Just a way of dating this. Yeah. Well. I know it's not because of Pete. Now every time I read a book with Superman in it, I gotta look at his boots first. So thank you, Pete. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I was paying attention to uh, your supposed favorite character, Matt. Well, I assume well, I... that's also why he has this fortress back. Like that's why he's yeah. in this fortress and so yeah. he's reborn. Yeah. Which yeah, and it's awesome that he's got the the key. Yeah, the heavy you know, key that only the, he can lift up. Yeah. The only but, he but Batman can get in there can... anyway with three <sighs> massive cryo chamber pods. And yeah, I'm okay with that. The, well, how, how, did, how, did he get, how did he get that massive machinery in there, along with himself, if the door was well, locked and there. he can't lift the key? Yeah, the machinery could have been there already. I, 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 I took it that the machinery was in there, but like, we know Keelix is watching over the, the fortress, and I just, he leaves without Superman knowing, and I'm just like... He has super senses. Like, I think he it, would know. I, I think it annoys me more that they make a big deal of showing us, nah, it's yeah. still the key that only he can lift. Yeah. And then he's there anyway. It's like, oh, what? what's the point? It's just, that feels cheap. It's like, oh, because that is because Batman. There is no uh-huh. other reason for this. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's funny me. when it happens <laughs> to Gordon, because it always happens to Gordon. Like, yeah. Gordon gets caught up in, in oh, whatever yeah. they're talking about, turns around. But with, with Superman, he's genuinely concerned for Bruce's family. Because Bane did this, and Batman can't even be like, "Hey, thanks for your help." He just takes off. Got more important things to do. And like, yeah. yeah. I love our problem with him getting in the fortress. I actually played this quite a funny beat to me. But uh, oh no, that's fine. But then don't have him do the the Batman walk away. 
if that's the case. Like, it's funny if he just shows up and Superman had just lifted this gigantic key and he's like, Bruce, what are you doing here? Like, that that's fine. I get that. But it's the, it's the he's also going to leave without, you know, Superman I don't know, kind of, yeah, and it kind of damages their relationship, I think. Like, their sons are, are pretty good friends, right? Like, you'd think that Superman's concerned about Damien. That, that's in, the thing. This is why the, the boots throw me Bruce. off. This plays like it's early in their relationship, as in yeah. this this new Clark. And yeah. it plays like it's early in there, and he doesn't trust him yet. But this is right. presumably after all of Trinity, mm-hmm. after everything we've seen in Superman and Super, you know, Sons. Super Sons, and it's like this doesn't make any sense for where their relationship should be, unless something drastic happens in Reborn. But I don't, but I don't think so because he's going to the fortress knowing that Superman's going to keep them safe. Yeah, okay. and Superman doesn't really give much. He's, he's not mad that he's there. He's not like no, exactly. And that's why I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why Batman's treating him like it's that yeah. again it just feels like it's dated wrong um sure um i didn't really think about that super much i i i thought the entrance was fun i i liked uh uh batman being there despite the key need being needed i i mean i take that as like batman's familiar with the place he's been there before it's not his first entrance i mean especially if this is the old superman you know as a new 52 superman's fortress you know and he's been there before yeah. I, I don't know uh, it, it's, it's just it's the motivations behind it that I think are driving me and Connor more. Like we understand it all, but I don't think King handled it. It it just it properly. doesn't play as a comedy beat because it's this whole serious thing where they haven't got any dialogue and they're all like th- there's no conversation. It so it doesn't play as a comedy beat to me. Right. It plays like it's so serious. Like I rather have seen Batman lash out like stressed out. Like, you could tell that Bane's got to him and rattled him because these are his three sons. However you feel about Jason Todd, you know, Dick and Damien are his de facto sons. Mm. One is actually legitimate, genetically, and he just drops them off. And it's like, here, Uncle Clark, deal with him. And I would have lied to him go, hey, where are you going, Bruce? He's like, I don't have time for this, Clark. I need to get back to my city. Look what he's done. And it, and then, it kind of also annoys me that he forgets Duke, like, why is it just these three? Like, what what what's wrong with the rest of them? Well, yeah, well, he told Duke to get out of town. Yeah, as far did. as he's aware, Duke's gone. And these three okay. didn't listen. That's why he's upset. That that's how he took that. All right. Okay. Um, I got where you guys are coming from, but you're focusing on things that didn't bother me, whereas there was other things that bothered me. Uh, All right. What bothered you? Well, just just the way the issue kind of starts with this this resolution to the last like issue. Like the, that last page, yep. um, even though I was I was slightly amused because uh, last week Matt was very specific yeah. to say, "No, Peter, you've missed something here. This is Psycho Pirate's mask that's causing this. This is an hallucination." Uh, so it does deeply amuse me well, that, that was again, complete bollocks. Excuse me for being more creative than Tom Kane. Like he set up the whole mask maybe being in the manor. And it Whoa, wait a minute! Wait a minute! We did establish last week that you made up a panel for the, the pirate's mask. You said, "Oh, you can see the pa- mask in the page before, yeah. and it's glowing." We established yeah, you made that, that up. Alfred, yeah, but the way that Alfred gets into the Arkham Asylum and stuff, he has the mask. Oh yeah, right? he does. Yeah. yeah. So they must have had it in the manor already. So they must have had it in the manor, right? Oh yeah, but that wasn't really well, set I, up that well in the last issue, though. Well, well, I think it's still set up better in my in the stuff that I made up. More than this, where Bane just took out three Robins. I I have, 
I have chained him, hung him in the cave. To, to go know. back to the, one of the previous points, though, I do actually agree that it diminishes Dick into a point in the other Robins, but yeah. especially Dick in hindsight, because the, we expected a swerve of some sort. I, ex- I I didn't think it was a hallucination at first last week or last issue. I thought it was they're fake. It's not really them. It's whatever you know, something like that. Right. I expected a swerve. So when it. Th- so when it turned out, no, it's just them, and now he's put them in these pods to keep them safe until he's dealt with pain. I'm like, all right, so Dick just get taken out. I actually don't have a problem with the rest of the team. Like, see the, the, the all the ones that get yeah. captured at the end, you know, uh, yeah. Duke, because yeah. he's an amateur. I get that, but you kind of, but you kind of see that happening. This is he just left him hanging in the back in, cave. Yeah, and then left without a trace. I yeah. don't get this. How did he get in and out and? Does, also, does this mean he knows his identity? Yeah. I just if, all, all it was is for shock value, and that's what upsets me more. I'd rather have had it be a hallucination. Bruce walk into the cave, and it's not there, right? And now he's worried about the Robins, and did I do the right thing? And he kind of plays up him going to prove he's better than Bane is now going to cause some problems for Gotham, right? Here instead we get the oh no, Bane's already come, and he's already done his worst when you think about it. Because he assaulted Bruce's family and left him for dead. But then so didn't he could have killed them. Them. Yeah. And there's nothing that Bruce could have done. So, unless this all ends up being a massive hallucination. By which point then know? has it gone too far and too long that yeah. it just feels cheap for that then? Uh, yeah, my, so my biggest problem is kind of the resolution. To, what, what the See, in, in hindsight, it annoys me for the, la- the end of the last issue. Uh, everything after that scene, though, with Bane, which is the majority of the issue. The majority of the issue is Bane, Bane's henchmen collecting the other people, and then we get that stuff on the roof. I actually like the build-up to him as this big, dramatic horror villain. Uh, it just It's a shame that the, the cliffhanger from the last issue cannot... Because it didn't bother me last time, because I thought, oh, there's a swerve coming. So it didn't, like, yeah, it's shock value, but comics do that all the time. You always get a but shock the, value the, last there page. there wasn't a swerve. But then there wasn't a swerve, and it was, no, no, they just get beat that easily, and they were left high in the back cave. And they looked dead. I mean, apparently yeah. they're not. You know, Batman just says, all right, this will keep them safe. So they were hanging. They had nooses. Um, but that bothers me way more than anything you were talking about in the, the fortress. Oh, there's that too. But oh, yeah, that bothered too. us as well. I think we were yeah. just waiting yeah. to get to that. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't really like the rest of the issue that much either, to be honest. I don't think no, Bane I was, I was plays fine with that. like Pete saying, using Bane as a horror villain's fine. I it, just no, no, I get that, but I don't, I don't feel it. I get what that's what they're going for, but I don't feel. It. I never see Bane do anything. I don't, I don't see wh- how he takes them out. I don't see them putting up any fight. I don't see any resistance. I, I don't see anything. I just go, oh, he did it, and that that just feels easy to me because. So now they've created a new trope. It's not because Batman, it's because Bane. Oh, see, this is this is why this works for me more than it works for you guys. This is a very horror villainous thing, where things all go unseen and it's all left to your imagination. Like, how did he beat everyone? It bothers me with Nightwing because he's such a, a main character in his experience, but... He was Batman. He was Batman. But so... this works for the most part with the others because it's a classic, you know... Let, let the audience's imagination fill in the blanks like he must be x powerful or x scary and menacing because he's achieved this and i get See, the, and i get the point that not showing it cannot work but it, at the same time it often does 
I think it might have worked if it hadn't already done that with the Robins and, and Nightwing. Once you've done that, then it's like, well, this just oh, no, feels like I... it should be easier, and, and we didn't even see so that. Connor, I agree with that. I agree that doing it with the, the Nightwing and the Robins first is a problem, but to me that doesn't necessarily deflate the rest. See, that's why it does to me, though, because this plays after that. So it's like, okay, we already know that happened, and then he's yeah, just going to do the same they... thing again. Imagine if they swapped the endings... That at the end of last issue, you got Bane taking all of the, the his people. So Gordon, Lark, Catwoman. And at the end of this issue, you got the Robins. And I feel like there, you still you get the best of both. Because then you're still expecting the swerve. And you could even do the... Uh, you could even do the, the, the Fortress stuff. In the follow-up issue, I, I actually, I actually kind of agree with this. Uh, in terms of escalation, they should have done these lesser ally. Oh, I say lesser. I mean, obviously they're all important, but well, you know what I mean. In terms of they're less not individually capable, they're not Nightwing yeah. and the Robins, right? If you did the other mm-hmm. ones first, and then you do them off camera, as it were, mm-hmm. and then you do the Robins like they did with these ones in this issue, where you get a yep. scene with each showing them getting taken down, but it's escalation because he's going up the food chain. He's, he's getting closer to yep. Batman, Dick being last. And that's why it annoys me more, because it is after... It, it, taken on its own, this doesn't annoy me that much, but after the Robins and Nightwing, it really yeah. does, because it's just it, it negates everything for me. Well, it's, it's just building a massive threat for Batman, so when he does overcome it, then basically, as wrestling fans would know, this is Roman Reigns booking. You, you beat him down into hopeless... And then when he makes the comeback, you're supposed to cheer. But if you already know but, where but, it's going, but looks to that story. analogy. That's that's just no. That's just heroic that writing. That the Roman Reigns of comics. Piss I off. I said it. Uh, just piss off. I don't get it. Uh, that's just laugh. You'll you'll. I'm, I'm with Matt. That's uh, <laughs> sharp. Um, uh, can't wait to tell Jared this. He's gonna find that great. <laughs> but uh, no, um, I. See, in a weird way, I actually think this issue is better than the last issue, but the problems of what the last issue set up that starts off this issue makes it really murky and really kind of middling. Honestly, See, not, not to, to get too spoilery, but this might be my least favourite book of the week. I read Justice League, so that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> that is a ringing endorsement. So, I'll I really enjoyed the last issue up until the end, and I really enjoyed the end of this. So, like, I feel if you smash them together, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. No, actually, through talking about it, I actually, I do agree that things happened in the wrong order. It feels really weird that they didn't build up the the food chain of the Allies and end with Nightwing. This is my problem with condemning comics, is there could be something that happens at the beginning of next issue that makes you look at it differently. Well, and, that's that's how I was with the last issue. I think yeah. here as well, we defended it more than you did because we were like, "Oh, it's yeah. fine. They're gonna just swerve it, and yeah. that'll be fine. It won't be a problem." It but really, then because they played it straight, it's like, "Hang on, just, we have to reevaluate that." Yeah, it was really yeah. weird. Like honestly, at the start of this issue, when it, it so because it starts with Superman, he goes to the fort. I'm like, "Oh, I'm intrigued. What's going on? Why is Superman yeah. going to do something?" I thought Bane was coming for Superman. Going, "Wow, that's ballsy." And I was like, "Yeah, the Venom's yeah. like 2.0. Superman's not even standing yeah. a chance now." Uh, but it gets to the fortress and Batman's like, oh yeah, they were all attacked and I've put them in these pods, you know, Winter Soldier, the end of Civil War style. Spoilers for Civil War, I guess. Uh, um, and 
I'm like, all oh, right, they actually did get beat up and they were left for dead. Uh, okay, and it took me a while to get over that. It wasn't until it wasn't until uh, probably probably right towards the end of the issue when it was like being on the roof that I got really excited again because the the middle of it was like fine, like you know the the, the various henchmen taking down the other people, but it. It wasn't until the end when we got to that, that really cool moment on the, the roof where Bane's sort of in silhouette and then he lights up the flare and he can see him. Like, I like that. As a, as a piece of comic book storytelling, I like the last few pages. Honestly, the, my the favourite stuff in this issue was the, the Alfred stuff. That was cracking me up. Him complaining just... about... Oh, Matt. Uh, Brainiacing. Uh... Yeah, him going on about how, how he wanted to play... Uh, Hamlet, Macbeth, Lear, yeah. and, and oh, the stuff I could have. Oh yeah, as you sneaking into uh, Arkham Asylum with uh, Gotham Girl to see yeah, Psycho Pirate. Like, Here I am, bloody Jeremiah. I would have. Oh, he says I would have been great as Lear. Uh, oh Lear, what uh, I could have done with Lear. Yeah, like again, King's Alfred is on point. Yeah, definitely. Can't can beat a bit of sassy Alfred. Uh, and I feel bad because obviously last week we praised how he gets the whole family and. Yep. You, know, you know, with, with the, the whole stuff around the table last issue. And, and he does. And then and, and then my... this week it's like, well, does he get home if he's just going to throw them all away? I feel like I've enjoyed his smaller moments. I think this is King in general from the stuff I've read of him. Like, his vision book at Marvel is supposed to all be about this android family and coming to terms with that. And it's very interpersonal. And I feel he's great at those interpersonal, you know, around the table discussions. But for these big, huge ideas... I feel like he gets them halfway there and then thinks they're done. Hmm. So, uh, which is kind of a problem when you're writing Batman. Because, I mean, the Monster Men stuff, he helped write, right? He, like, got a plotting. But it, that was it, mostly Orlando. Uh, no, he wasn't writing that. It was Orlando who did all that, oh, I think. he was all Orlando? Oh, maybe, no, oh, maybe no. Orlando co-wrote all the issues with the actual writers. I can't remember. Yeah, I think, I think Orlando plotted it all and then they all wrote dialogue. They filled in. Okay. Hmm. I think but like but yeah so when you have someone else working that's why i think him and seely worked hand in hand because seely's still killing it on nightwing and yeah. i think that he needs someone like seely that they can bounce ideas off of each other and you know yeah. nothing against king because i still mostly enjoy his stuff but his batman has just been rage inducing for me i think the the, the as an arc like the first one was my favorite mm because it was most consistent. But then last issue was my favourite issue overall, yeah. So it's like, oh, I'm really conflicted. My... See, it's funny, because I, I thought he was on a constant upward trend, because I liked I Am Suicide more than... I Am Gotham. I Am Gotham. And then I really liked the rooftops to par. I like that a lot, yeah. Uh, and then this one feels like a sort of weird, kind of step back to the first arc, but with more murkiness kind of thing for me. Maybe that's just part of like, the Finch How much are you feeling that because of yeah, Finch, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's part of the reason for that. But it... I don't know, like... I'm all, I'm all for, like, Bane having a big show of it and him being a terrifying villain. I like that he's building that. It's just the way he's doing it, it by just kind of disregarding some of the other characters is a bit of a... Mm-hmm. bit of a problem. That's it. I'm not hating it, though. Like, I still... enjoyed reading it well enough. Hmm. Like, how much am I going to care about some of these issues by the time the arc ends or whatever? I, I don't know. It's. I think it's more of an issue, like, more of a problem when it's near the start of the arc because I'm yeah. trying to get invested in it and then it kind of goes, eh, I don't care at the minute now. 
The one I'm just glad it's every other week yeah. because we get through them quicker. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's what I was just so, about to say. The double shipping means that, yeah, you have yeah. like an issue. There's only two weeks till the next one and it might win you back yeah. over. Because like yeah, we said, help. because I mean, we said this one kind of negatively impacted the, the end of the last issue. I mean, who's to say that the next issue won't? That's, and no, that, it that, could. Yeah. And that's my main problem with condemning comics and saying that it was bad outright. Unless it's something like All Star, which I really didn't enjoy a lot oh, yeah. of. It's, it's the a first arc. It's a problem with uh, with with these books where you've got an arc, you've got a five or six issue arc, and if you're reading them later as trade, it's fine. But when you're reading yeah. them individually, like month to month or every two weeks, like these these ones, it's hard to judge an individual chapter because it is essentially just part of the yeah. overall story. Yeah. You know, it's people losing their shit over the, uh, you know, Captain America being Hydra. At the start of that yeah. series that started last year, um, it was literally the end of the first issue, and people yeah. are freaking. It was out like and... it was such an obvious. Okay, what's the thing here? No, admittedly, right. don't get me wrong. It turned out they, they had a long game plan for that because they're still doing it. Yeah. It's still going. Uh, well, they're getting a whole event out of it, which yeah. that's cool. Like good on good on Nick Spencer for that. And it just with comics, you need to kind of hold off. Like the first issue of Batman, I remember how upset I was because he lands the plane, you know and stuff but i ended up enjoying that arc overall with gotham and gotham girl so you know yeah. here and, oh, yeah, and, it, and it almost hangs... the opposite with i am suicide because i really enjoyed that first issue but as it kept going it made me more and more upset so yeah whereas i really, really get a full bead whereas i really like i am suicide but the thing with that, that, that plane thing in the first issue though is yeah. The whole point of that is that they needed something big like that so that i you know gotham and gotham girl could show up and right. save the day at the end that was the whole point Right. Uh, but in the moment, I'm yeah. just like, oh. But as it plays out, in hindsight, it's fine. So again, this could all be fine. This is why when people are just like, if you don't like Batman, just drop it. It was like, well, it could get better and it could be redeemed. Like, I met it, so I met, DC's major books. So. Admittedly, I don't think I see them doing something that retroactively makes the, you know, the, the, the beating of the Robins better. It's too late to do it then, isn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, unless we get some sort of flashback to how it went down, I, I don't see how it all Seems work. unlikely. Yeah, it does seem unlikely, which is why I'm... Unless it's not just Bane, unless it is literally Bane's army, you know, and they're all hopped up on Venom, and that's how they're doing this, you know? And there's just numbers, and that's why, and Batman, you know... Which we already know he can beat Bane's army, because he's already done it, like, four times on Santa Prisca, so... <laughs> yeah... Still doesn't help that much, does it? After, no. after I'm suicide, where we saw him just take them all down, yeah. you think, doesn't and that matter. was at his home base. And you're telling yeah. me Nightwing can't take down a con contingency of those. Yeah. I'm assuming it was Bane himself. Matt, Matt's, in, Matt's putting in the army here of prisoners. No, I am. I'm just trying to throw out stuff that's trying to that's going to help me. You know, it's it still just like, annoys me that it means that Bane was in the Batcave and has done nothing about that. And how long has he known? And how did he get in there? And maybe, maybe those Joker. will get answered. But yeah, kind of undermines Joker and his whole the whole thing yeah. from I, death of the family. Maybe they will go with some sort of Shyamalan esque twist at the end where it has all been. Batman is Bane. <laughs> well, I guess that's a cutie to stop talking about this book because we're going right into the batshit yep. deep end. Yep. Um, all right, that's 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 shit. See what you did there. That's that's Batman. That'll take us on to Superman issue 17, Peter Giotomassi and Patrick Leeson writing and Sebastian Fiumara on art. Uh, 
this it's kind of funny that Super Suns took so long because we knew it was coming since last March yep. and we kept waiting on it and then it finally hit and the same week the issue of Superman that came out was oh let's do a, a John issue where it's just all John yeah. all John and Kathy and I loved it's it it's great though oh I loved it, it as well yeah. it's uh, John and Kathy going on a Goonies-esque adventure to yeah it was you feel so it as soon as ambling. they get on the the, the panel the where they go on the bikes yeah. yeah with the lights with the headlights and they're going yeah. to Dead Man's Swamp and I want this as an animated short just because the stuff that it does with the size changes and the fog and oh, it's such a kid-friendly story. Yeah, basically lots of weird trippy stuff starts happening and it's explained at the end. Kathy's, uh, is it her Grandpa? uncle? Or is it her dad? Grandpa. Grandpa, yeah, okay. I'm forgetting our relation for some reason. But uh, basically it explains, oh, it must have been the gas off the swamp that was making you see things. But we see at the end, of course, that the mysterious tall, dark figure that was chasing them is yeah. actually something out there. Was I the only one thinking fake Clark? No. Yeah. I didn't think fake Clark. I, I don't know. I, I assumed either it, it was him, the the grandpa. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, possible. Do you know what it was? Though? The, the silhouette at the end with the glass it proper reminded yep. me of the Eradicator. Do, 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 do you know what it was? Yeah. It was it was the I think it was because it ended with a, a next Superman reborn and because all this Clark stuff's yeah. going on in action I was thinking oh what if this ties in what if like obviously I'm not thinking it actually looks like that I'm thinking it's the kids that are seeing that because the gas and there's kids in the scared oh yeah scared because at, the, at the end they're in the well and they're yeah. hanging down there and when they went down there it didn't seem like a well so it was almost like it snapped them out of their mm. reality that they're seeing yeah. these kids but on the same hand the cow was there was left with grandpa where was grandpa at and then he yeah. comes back with the cow so there's something that, going that's on that's why with i thought that it was it was the grandpa because it's like that's where they went looking for and he's the only other person that we see out there yeah. uh, honestly no it makes a lot of sense if it turns out to be him and but... we did have that weird stuff with him what was it finding the stuff out in the field yeah, yeah mm. about the, the frankenstein stuff was it yep no i mean that that makes a lot of sense um Honestly, I don't have a whole lot more to say. I just love all the the kids, you know, going around with the flashlights and going out of creepy houses. And uh... well, John in the beginning is watching scary movies while eating all the ice cream. Yes, which yes. I love that ice cream has become his thing. Yeah, because Lois tells him, or I think it's at the end. Yeah, where she talks to Clark. That do you think he ate all the ice cream? Or we know he did. Yeah. So it's. It's like even on the the very first panel, the, or the yeah. second panel, the note on the fridge says, uh, "Don't eat too many snacks." Yeah, yeah. Uh, nah, so got a big creepy house. There's lots of you know, big slender man looking thing chasing them around. Yeah. Uh, before things get proper crazy, and the which, by the way, the the cow like starts spewing milk at them, in like you know, Evil Dead esque amounts of blood kind of style, where yeah. it's just yeah, like gallons and well, I gallons. Well, the whole you know, mansion, that big scary house in the woods. It felt, it felt very much like a cabin in the woods story for two kids. So yeah. everything's, you know, toned Exaggerated, down. Exaggerated though. And yeah, they're like the porcupine thing where it throws its quills at them and, and John, yeah. you know, it's, it's very much a, a horror story for kids. Yeah. yeah and I like that. Like it, yeah. it, it hits its tone as it should. Yeah. And that is, it was super fun. It was, and, it was everything I wanted in a single issue. It was it was also very refreshing for me because I didn't really like multiplicity all that much. This was back to more what I want from this book. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I, I still liked most multiplicity, but yeah, and I'd like true. more of that. 
but I'm I'm happy with this as well. Don't get me wrong. Cool. That's Superman. Uh, that, that'll take us on to Trinity issue six. Francis Manipal writing and Emanuela Lupacino on art. This ended the first arc. Uh, so Mongol in the dream. I say dream. Yeah, uh, dream world. Yeah, that works. No, it is a dream world. It, yes. it, it's uh, White Mercy. I, I doubted myself, yeah. but yeah, no, it is a dream world. Uh, so basically, Just... Mongol's taking control of like Clark, and then White Mercy convinces the others to take Bruce. control of Bruce. I love how they each had a part to play. And mm. it wasn't... And they all made sense. Because, of course, Mongol would go after Superman, being the most powerful being. And then White Mercy appeals to Bruce's... Um, that's what I'm looking for. Like, the fact that he wants to take care of everybody. Like, when... What's that called? Is it empathy? It's not quite empathy. Uh, but Compassion? Compassion, I guess. And so, you know... She has Bruce trust her to take over and shelter in the body of her. And then Wonder Woman has her part to play in the dream world because she can differentiate truth. Like, it's part of her. Yeah. And she has a sixth sense for it. So each piece of it plays right into the other. And we get this really cool uh, Batman-Superman exchange in the real world. And as each of them disappear, you know, that leaves... Wonder Woman with them, with their dream states in mm. the dream world. So she has to take care of them, so that's why she stays. Um, yeah. And the whole stuff with Poison Ivy in White Mercy I thought was really well, too, because it played into her need, you know, like she wants to have offspring for this yeah. world. You know, she plays another integral part. I loved all the Ivy stuff, especially. Yeah. Well, Ivy and Lois and John all play off of each other really well. Because, again, yeah. I like that right now in Rebirth, Ivy's not a, like out-and-out out villain. So, no. like, her and Lois can team up, and even John, you know, blasts, I think. He, he blasts Clark, or... Yeah, the barn door. get thrown from the barn, yeah. Yeah. Oh. But it, it's almost a shame for me that she lost her memory. It's like, I knew, I knew it had to be coming yeah. as soon as, you know, stuff started happening. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it has to, but... I kind of don't want it to because I'd really like it to, to have this knowledge well, and, and go around with it, that. It happened through the green, so there's always a chance she can uncover it. That's true. Down down the road, and you know everything is undone. The thing that did bother me a little bit is Bruce wearing the kryptonite necklace to a peaceful dinner in Smallville. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, we know this is early in the rebirth continuity, That's right? True. Like compared to other. So he books. didn't trust him quite. He, he hasn't right. built up. Yeah, because remember the whole point That's of this right. dinner is that like they don't really know each other yet, and Lois has sort of That's convinced true. Clark to invite them. So no, I I was cool with the kryptonite okay. thing, uh, especially. I, I spaced on that. Especially yeah. to Lois's reaction to the kryptonite thing, he's like, yeah. "Bruce brought kryptonite, I'm mad." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think this is just to to refer back to. Batman very briefly, where, where yeah. I said my issue was there because that's where their relationship would be after right. Reborn. This is quite early in their relationship, so I that's buy right. it here. I spaced on that that I forgot six, you know, for six months now we've been reading. Yeah, know, that and it feels like it's progressed, but it really hasn't because it's all just been one night. Because we've seen it progress everywhere else. Yeah, yeah exactly. I forgot about that. Yeah, but uh... that's great. And then we find out at the end that White Mercy exists. She made it out in plant form. 
So I look forward to seeing where that goes. Yeah, she's a creepy little bitch uh, creeping about the cornfield. <laughs> just kind of hiding. You don't want, you know, Mongol. Because no, Mongol's like, not gone. It's like the aliens you know? and signs, like, hiding in the cornfield, yeah. like, peeking out. That's what it's like. She yeah. reminds me of, a, you know, in PAX action comics stuff. Mm-hmm. The, 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 yeah, yeah, that's the one. Kind of based on the name. Yeah, thanks. It, it yeah, shows yeah. me of him. Yeah. Hmm. And I love that in, you can have this too because Superman does have that menagerie in the fortress of like solo animals that are like him. They're the last of their kind and he wants yeah. to give them. And I kind of I kind of look forward to seeing White Mercy reach out again because she knows she can trust all three of them. So she could show up in, in one of the Batman books. She could show up in Superman. Or she could show up in Wonder Woman later. Mm. You know? and Yeah, it's a nice solid seed to have planted there. Yeah, oh, very very good. Uh, <laughs> nice pun that, there. That wasn't intentional. I and, caught it as uh, I started saying it. And I was like, and, no, I'm going to commit to it. While I prefer Manipal's art, you can't go wrong with Pacino either. Mm. Pacino's fantastic. I was just going to yeah. bring that up. and My favorite panel is... Um, where Wonder Woman, you know, where she breaks out, and and uh, yeah. you can just see her in in her armor in the yeah. in the mirror. Yeah. Actually, a uh, panel I really like is uh, when Wonder Woman's carrying both Batman and Superman in yeah. the dream. Like they're they're both being controlled outside, so they're yeah. just kind of like unconscious yeah. in the dream, uh, and she's carrying both of them. And that's pretty cool. Uh, as far as this whole first arc goes, I I do have to admit that I think I mean I enjoyed the whole thing, but I do think that the first like two issues were the strongest. And I don't yeah. think it's quite lived up to those first two to the same extent. I, honestly, I think this one did, but the previous couple haven't. Oh, because this is the resolution. Yeah. But then again, I loved I loved each of the... For what they were. Like, if they were just one-shots, right? Of of Clark and, and Pa Kent, and then mm. Bruce and Gotham as a kid, and then Wonder Woman on Themyscira. I like what each of those issues did, but playing into the overall story kind of put the brakes on. You know, it was actually Joe. Jo, it was kind of like it was kind of like the complaint Connor had about the the event, Justice League v Suicide Squad. I kind of felt that way about this with Mongol, yeah, and how he popped up so late in the nowhere. game, and then see, it was like halfway through. Kind of, we started to when we saw the the Black Mercy in Ivy at the end of the second issue. Oh, you're right. That was so. There was two, three, and four. So we had yeah. two issues. With, uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, I knew where Pete's so we got from. Mongol at the end of four. Four. Uh, they revealed right. them at the end of four, and then we, we had them in issue five and six. The but... Origin of White. Yeah. yeah. The Origin of White Mercy was five, and then this was all the resolution where yeah. all the pieces come together pretty well. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's yeah, because for the first like four issues, you never get a sense that there is this because you think it's just Ivy. You think it's just Ivy and Mercy yeah. doing something, and then all of a sudden you've got Mongol. And, oh, that's kind of cool, but. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe if I go back and reread it, there'll be more. Maybe, maybe there is something throughout. that yeah. we didn't catch because we weren't looking for them. But no, I, I do think there's a fair. Yeah, I still, this is not one where I'm, I'm like upset and I felt like I wasted time reading it. Oh no, so, not at all. It's just yeah. you know, it's just not the like so, sometimes when you guys talk about Trinity, you're like, oh, it's my favorite week of the month because Trinity's out. I'm just kind of like, yeah. no, it's solid. I really I like it. I think I typically feel that because it has usually my favorite art of the month. With, with Even Manipal. when it's not Manipal, like yeah. Lupacino, uh, who else have we had? Uh, Man's and killing it. Yeah. And uh, like, uh, it's always yeah. just, it's just a beautiful uh, book to read. When the first two issues came out, it felt like a Keystone series because they had all, all three. It felt like something big was going on. 
And then it kind of just feels not that it's filler, but it's just another story. Yeah, it just feels like another arc. It does, and and I think I'm more okay with that because it's like, well, that means Manipal has more freedom to kind of tell these smaller. But stories, do you know what the I thing think? is though? Is I almost kind of wish it was just like an entire arc, like the the night they came home for over for dinner. Mm. Maybe not six issues, but like a three issue thing where it's just yeah. that night of them being over and like almost. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, yeah. those movies, where it's just this it's couple, yeah, just falling in love in real time over like an hour and a half. Do you know? Do you know what you do? Uh? Is you do three issues. You have each of them tell a story. Ah, there you go. Yeah, join that. Yeah, that's well. That's like my favorite Batman animated story or animated series episode. Is I almost got him. Ah, it's the villains. Each of the villains yeah. telling their stories and it, the croc. I I threw a rock at him, and they're like, and that's it. I, I, I think there was just a point for me, like around issue three, where I realized, oh wait, it's just going to be mostly dream stuff until the arc ends, and it was like, oh, yeah. okay. I kind of, I kind of like, I really loved that first issue of them. Bonding I get in a that, more normal but sense. I think the thing for me is they still did bond a lot in the dream. And I think yeah. this does a lot to establish their well, their relationship going forward. Yeah, and Mercy even says that when she says that by putting them all through these, she felt what each of them felt. And then each of them felt it too. So they all end up on and the it, same page. Oh, that's a good, I mean, it, it's, it's worth mentioning. The reason why Mercy even helps them at all at the end is because she felt what they all feel. Like She only knew what mongol feels and thinks before then right. so it was all hate it was all conquering and blah blah right. blah whereas she felt you know the honor the compassion the all that stuff from the other, these three the heroes joy. yeah the joy all, all uh, that stuff joy from superman loyalty from wonder woman and the strength of batman yeah. sounds about right yeah. I think it's funny that they give strength to the guy with no super strength. Well, yeah, but it, it's it not seem physical bigger. strength, is it? Yeah, no, no, not... no, but it, it makes it seem more important. Yeah. yeah, Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I also really like to talk about how they, they bond. Uh, why Mercy talks about Batman's trusting issues. And that's why he keeps Wonder Woman around. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, Batman, you've got to like trust me to take over. And I feel like that's another part where he's learned to trust this new Clark and why maybe he won't have the kryptonite necklace next time he comes around for dinner. Right. And that's uh, an important step on this friendship. But he'll, he'll always keep it somewhere in the cave, just in case, you know, red trip tonight. Yeah, or but main Clark's control. okay with that. Yeah. Oh, it should be. Well, that's Clark is, because he's, he's been through all this. Exactly. They brought that Clark up in knows, Justice League like... last time. Exactly, he's okay with that, and that's that was <sighs> what makes it all right. I can't wait to hear what Pete thought of Justice League now, so we got to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's Trinity. Obviously, we have two issues with uh, Bun. Uh, yeah. Before we get back to Manipal, uh... <laughs> honestly, if 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 it wasn't on a if if these weeks ended up being quite busy, I'd I'd, I'd skip those issues. If, might, that was, yeah. if, that, if that was on a week two, I wouldn't bother. Fair. There you go. That's that's Trinity. That's uh, the end of the first arc. The end of the first trade that no doubt is out in a couple of months. Uh, so yeah. that'll take us on to Nightwing issue fifteen. Tim Seeley writing and Mink. Caillou Young on art? Yeah, I'll go with that. Sure. Uh, yeah, so that this was basically 500 days of Defacer. Oh, yeah, pretty much. It was a great it. issue, though. It was I'm, not, pre- I'm not even going to hide it. I loved it. It, it, was a, it was a pretty great issue. I loved almost all of it. Although, that said, I'm not the type of person who ships things. 
But Dick oh, and Babs, up, Dick and Babs are destined. So this to face of things well, nice and all. <laughs> See, that, that's that, fine. That's, days are numbered. That's all I'm saying. Days well, are it, numbered. Yeah, I read. I read the whole issue, Pete. I kind of feel like the days are already. <laughs> I feel like if you sit, not not to make too many Marvel comparisons this this episode, but uh-huh. Dick is kind of like Peter Parker. Yeah. In that mm-hmm. sense, where every, every relationship is always doomed, it's always going to be tragic. In that sense, but there's always one, and it happens to be a redhead. Exactly. You know? Apparently, yeah. yeah. Uh, that I mean, so honestly, back. as much as I'm making that all these jokes, uh, the page with Barbara, because obviously the issue, it's him basically telling, uh, having conversations. First, it's Wally, then there's Jason. Uh, I don't know, was someone before Babs? After that, I can't remember. But it ends up with Babs, and Bruce is the last one. But it's the the page with Babs. It's Starfire too. Starfire is the other one. Yeah, Starfire is the one in the yeah. middle. Uh, so it's the page with Babs on top of the roof, but we've seen them meet multiple times uh, in this book already. Uh, top of the bridge. Where she, she, they have this really bittersweet moment where mm. he's like saying how much he likes her and she takes her hand away and it's like, oh, I've got a place in person to go back to. And she's like, it's not Gotham and it's not. When you say me, mm. but she doesn't say it. And she kisses him in the head and says, don't break her heart. And I was, oh, Dick, what are you, what are you doing? Dick. But it's fine though, because it's, again, you know they're destined. So this is just a swerve in the road. Well, we need to, we need scenic route. Honestly, even if it wasn't though, like this is a relationship I can get behind for Dick. Yeah. Don't I mean, yeah, no, Sean's great. Sean's uh, fine throughout this. Uh, I, I like their Jeez. banner. Well, that, that's the still... thing. This this one issue sold me on their entire relationship to the point where it's like, okay, if we can never have Babs again, I'm okay with this. Oh, I'm not no, okay with that. Don't you say that? No, I'm no, not, I'm okay, not with okay with that, that either. Because <laughs> the whole part. I love the whole Starfire conversation because <laughs> he shows up and she's like, yeah, Damien said, you know, that you were with some new girl. To me, kind of trying to cause jealousy, but he doesn't realize I don't care. Like, I just love, again, Damien and Dick, like... Yeah. Not only that, like... Brother. D- Damien was definitely like, oh, I'll have some fun with this. Yeah, I love uh-huh. that D- Damien's like... I- it's like she's just like oh Damien just likes to belittle me, so he likes to remain me yeah. that you've got a girlfriend. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's just such a good, good idea. It's so Damien. And uh, then you get yes. her point of view too, where she talks to Stallion and um, Giz, right? Uh, Giz, Giz and Mouse. Girl. Giz and Mouse are a thing, yeah. apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. Which I thought that was hilarious because that's the truest relationship depiction. Oh, when he's picking his nose in the background? He's picking his nose and looks <laughs> at it. Like, yeah, you guys are new. I remember when it used to be mm. new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's worth mentioning the issue takes place over about two months. It starts off with the six to eight days ago as the yeah. uh, the first. Well, I mean, and it's counting down, and I started yeah. to feel dread as, as it was soon, counting down. As soon as you get to the second one, it's like, oh, so well, it's this funny. Isn't gonna yeah. end well, it felt like such a five hundred days of summer thing with the ups and downs that I thought they, it was just counting down to them breaking up. That's where I felt like it was that's, going. That's well, what that I thought too. Been, that's why I started to feel yeah. dread because it makes you feel because DeFace is a new character that we've only known about her for like what. Six issues now? Well, outside of yeah. the legacy appearances, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so... Don't get me wrong, I agree. She's definitely killable. She's yeah. not like someone who's untouchable. She's No, but that's the whole thing. So it makes you feel these emotions like Dick feels for her. Like the whole meeting the parents and him not liking the dad sense of humor. You know? Oh, that was so funny. That uh, was great. Because yeah. uh, obviously, then, obviously she's, she's Asian. Dad's Chinese as well. And he's like, uh, oh, I've made dinner for everyone. I, ho- I hope you're yeah. hungry. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love Chinese food. 
and he's like, yeah. it's Italian. Yeah. And then there's this awkward I, silence for like five seconds, and he's like, and then they start laughing. He's just joking. But <laughs> no, I'm just shitting on. with you. Yeah. yeah, I'm not even gonna lie though. If I if I was uh, of another ethnicity, I'd be cracking those jokes pretty oh, constantly. <laughs> That's my oh, sense right. of humor. <laughs> Yeah, this is since you don't take everything personally, mm-hmm. and neither does Dick. Although I think he did a little bit, just because I think, maybe I think it's because he was he prefers... nervous because it's beating yeah. the parents. <laughs> right. Or maybe he's just not a fan of Chinese food. You know, <laughs> who's not a fan of Chinese? Food? Oh god, uh, first uh, people. If I have a daughter, I'm going to mess with the boyfriend so much. <laughs> like they came over, they came over for dinner. I'll just make sure there's something really weird and awkwardly on the table. I won't mention it. It'll just be there the whole time. Oh man! Like a like a, a yeah. like a bowl of shotgun bullets or something, just sitting there, just yeah. on the table. Like clueless. Right, I have a forty-five and a shovel. I doubt anybody will miss you. <laughs> I wouldn't mention it. I just, yeah. just maybe maybe put a poster on the wall that says something about something. I know. Just just think about when the time comes. Build. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make it specific to the person. You know, if if I, if I know he's scared of something, if he's arachnophobic, there'll be a giant spider on the wall. Right. That's just gotcha. it's that simple. But oh. that's just that's just cruel. Bad enough, she has she has you as a dad. She has the boyfriend. Like the shotgun shells was amusing. It's mean, but it's amusing. But a, yeah. a giant spider for an arachnophobia. I'm gonna find out what fear. What he fears the most, and I'm gonna dress up like it and sneak up on him while he's sleeping. <laughs> well, the first time he spends the night with her, yeah. I'm coming in dressed as a giant spider. Oh <laughs> uh, god. Um, yeah, just. Just the relationships again with Seeley here. He also gets the interpersonal. We were talking about that with yeah. King. But here it's just them having conversations while doing other things. Which, by the way, and like, King, King said on Twitter this week actually that he feels that Dick and Babs are destined to be together. So if he wants to go back to do Nightwing at some point, then that's okay with me because he's clearly got the yeah. right idea. Yeah. I mean, no, I prefer Seeley though. But, like, but I like that with, with Dick, it's they're doing superhero stuff. As they're talking, mm. and with Sean, she's painting, and they're both doing what they're meant to do. Yeah, you know, and it's just a well put together issue all the way through. And then you get to the last page, and uh, what was her, the pigeon, right? She's still in prison. Sean's, you know, so they they both talk with their mentors. That's what yeah. They she used do. she used to be the sidekick to the the villain, the yeah. pigeon. Yeah. Right. So so Bruce shows up and, and Dick's talking to Bruce about Sean and Sean's talking to Pigeon about Dick and Which by the way, Pid, like pick a pick a better bird. Like s- seriously. Well, I think that's part of it. I think they're ironic villains because to face her and Oh Bruno sure, was... no, I I get that. I'm just in co- in yeah. context of the world, I'm just trying to think of I what think would what make annoys a person... me more is they didn't pick a duo theme. Like Defacer yeah. doesn't really go with Pigeon. Pigeons that... deface everything. I have to clean up after them at work. <laughs> it's the worst. They ruin everything. It works, Connor. I had not considered it that way. Like pigeon and like bread, that would go together. Well, I'm talking about shotgun shells. Pigeons and shotgun shells go together. So we've got to clean up after them on a daily basis. Uh, yeah. So the issue, the issue ends. Uh, basically, Dick's with Batman, and he's he basically missed at the end of the. That he loves her, and that happens yeah. at the same time as we see someone, an un- unknown assailant. Uh, we see that the boots uh, grabs Sean, uh, where she's on the yeah. phone to a pigeon. So, and the, the story's telling about the was that a king or something about I can't remember 
what the exact who who was talking about. It was, it was it was an old story about uh, so, someone's uh, wife and daughter being killed or being killed by the husband. Oh, Hercules. It was it Hercules? Yeah. There's you go. always there's a tragedy there. Yeah. That you know some things are just doomed. Aye, but it, yeah. it relates it all to that, and he's, it's the whole part is that as soon as he cared enough to say "I love you," it was it was doomed and doomed to uh, feeling awful. Which my defacer might be dead. Yeah, and we got that tease last issue of the fake Nightwing, and the red Nightwing. Get that's up. right. Yeah, it could be him. That's a good point. I think I think that's who it is, and I think Probably. whoever it is in that suit is trying to ruin Dick's life. So does that oh. person know that Dick's? Nightwing. I, I mean, if he's been watching, yeah. if he's been watching close enough yeah. to know that that's his girlfriend, then yeah, I mean, it would. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that'll just make it hurt even more for Dick that she was targeted because of him. Because exactly, and it just, and he's got that big heart, and he's gonna take it personal, and it's gonna be war. This this arc's gonna break my heart, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Damn it. Damn it, Celia. This issue already broke my heart because I already know. Like I know. Like I hope she doesn't get fridged. Like I hope there's a bigger reveal <laughs> that she's just. That dead. would be rough. I think you know, they can't really get away with fridging her no. that much anymore because there would be too much outcry, surely. Yeah. But I still think there's a way to handle it. Like, if it's the whole issue about... Kind of like they did with this about the relationship, it's kind of like him mm. having to come to terms I, that he's the cause of her death. Yeah, I, I, I oh. think they could they could kill her. And I don't think it'll feel forced. Because, well, first start, she's not exactly that, new, that old a character. Oh. And secondly, sometimes characters exist to die. Get over yeah. it. Barb was canning fodder. Leave it alone. There is no need for justice. She was there. She served her purpose. She's dead. I'm <sighs> with you. I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm not if, picking a fight with that crowd, so you all... Yeah, you all I, 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 I'm, I'm just saying... Not mine. If a woman dies to service the story of a male character, there is going to be uproar. Yes. There just is. But... On that side, I'm actually going to agree with Pete on Barb on Stranger Things. Oh, I'm, so, I'm there as well. I, no, like, <laughs> I, I think you can kill characters. If you haven't watched it by now, I'm sorry for spoiling. It's, an, it's, it's, it's an early episode, though. It's not like yeah, major. It's not even a big no. deal. She's like yeah. three minutes of screen time. It's that stupid Why Bo- does anyone care? Same with Boba Fett. It's the same way I feel about Boba Fett. I don't get why anyone cares about him either. Because he looks cool, Pete. We've been over this. So does Barb with her glasses and her curly hair. Yeah, but Barb didn't get <laughs> singled out by Darth Vader for being an absolute badass. Yeah. And hey, you've not seen Barb in a you've not seen Barb in a scene with Darth Vader yet, though. So don't don't count her out. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Anyways, yourself? every week in the comments, you get shit now about being against Star Wars. Stop doing this to yourself. Hey, I like the original films, but the fascination yeah. over Boba Fett is something I've never yeah. understood. I still don't get as it. As long as I've known Pete, Peter... shit people. No, no, no. As long as I've known Pete, that's been his opinion. I can't fault him for that because he stuck to his guns. He's never wavered. He doesn't understand Boba Fett. That's fine. You know. He's still wrong, but... Well, he can still be wrong, but it's still his opinion. That's fine. <laughs> he's not saying... He's not calling any of us stupid for liking Boba Fett, unless that's what you're doing. No, he, he has said that to, to, in the past. Have I? <sighs> I don't recall yeah. saying such things. That's maybe slander. Very personally. No, that's maybe slander. I don't know. I don't know if I believe I it. just know without Boba Fett, Slandic there's no culture. operative... On Firefly, so who's a better yeah, character? Well, because he has a character, he has an art. He does, but he's far more anyways, interesting. Anyway, Nightwing. So uh, Nightwing. fantastic issue. Uh, fantastic issue. Uh, the Facer might be dead, and I'm okay with that if it serves. Like if it gives Dick this dark story where he has to deal with it. As long uh, as it's just not throwaway, and the only part of it is 
that she's dead. Like, I I'm need not... it to affect him completely, like, destroy him. I'm you know not I mean? okay with it, because I don't want that to be true, because uh, I, 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 I can't deal with that with this issue. Oh. Yeah, no, but that's that's a great thing. Like pe- people getting mad that people die, and sometimes it's cheap, and sometimes it you know it is yeah. bullshit. But like, if they make you care, and then you care when they're taken away, and all of it yep. plays into how the main character feels, then it's completely justified. That's that's the it's point. It's justified, but it still better not happen because I don't want it to happen. <laughs> well, get Connor, over you're a Thrones fan. You should know better than getting too attached, yeah. man. Well, I thought I was safe with Nightwing. Uh, no, <laughs> no one's ever safe, man. Damn it, Sully! I'm never trusting you again. And she has to be killed at some point because Barb and Barb Babs. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that was a weird slip. <laughs> Babs. Well, they're both Barbara, so it's it's a little understandable. Aye, aye. Well, I mean, obviously, we're just talking about both, so easy mistake Anyways. to make. But uh, yeah. uh, aye, that's 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 Nightwing. Uh, it was a really it was, for all the joking aside. It was a really. Really heartwarming issue. It had the ups and downs of relationship stuff, and it felt kind of genuine, felt real. Uh, made me buy into the relationship in a way that maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought the kiss was good last issue, but this obviously spelled made all it this an up. actual relationship, yeah. not just a moment. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and and just all those little moments too. They just build on each other. Yeah. 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 But Dick and Babs for life. That'll take us on to Green Arrow. Yeah, and Car just gave me a finger, and a finger earns him the red hood button. You have a double finger for that. <laughs> uh, so that's a Green Arrow uh, issue seventeen. Uh, Benjamin Percy writing, Otto Schmidt on the art. This follows up from the end of the last issue where Malcolm Merlin killed uh, the chief, uh, which yeah. was heartbreaking in and of itself. Uh, so it takes us on from there, and this is. Kind of reverted public opinion again on Green Arrow. Everyone mm-hmm. kind of hates him again because again he used an arrow. It looks like him, so on, so on, uh, and it all, it all kind of leads to like uh, obviously what's what's his name? The, the Broderick, like the mayor, finally uses his thing. Dominic. All he get, all he gave him. Tries, for, tries to use it. Okay, tries to use it and gets caught <laughs> like a chump. By Broderick. And then is yeah. sacrificed to some sort of god or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, That's what that was supposed to be, right? He was being sacrificed. He wasn't just being branded as, like, property of the Ninth Circle. It, that's what there it looked was, like, like to me. Altar. Yeah, that's what it looked yeah. like to me. It looked, it like... looked more like an okay. altar. But I'm not sure, because I'd have thought maybe they'd want him in place as the mayor and use him. Uh, yeah, uh, it felt weird that they spent all this time getting him to be mayor. We find out he's been elected, and now... Because we, we only actually see them doing with the, the, the cattle prod branding. Yeah. And then that's it. So it is more, yeah. I'm wondering if it is more, not a sacrifice, it is more just that of, hey, look, yeah. we own you now. You have yeah. to do what we say. Mm. We, your mark is, is our mark cool. is on you. All right. And this is what I'm loving about Percy is just like every time you think Ollie has it together, he just pushes him down another flight of stairs. Yeah. And mm. here he thought that he had Domini up against the wall and he had to do it. And then Broderick's just like, nah, that's, it's not going to work. What are you doing, you fool? And yeah. and then on on top of it, you get a great interchange with Merlin and and Ollie over the the entire issue, you know. And you get yeah. their motivation, well, Ollie's motivation and and Merlin for what he does, you know. Like there's that whole was it this issue or the last? Sometimes they start to run together, where he talks about how he used to go hunting with them, and it was like a challenge. 
this one? Well, this issue had... He was talking about how he used to hang out with Tommy. That, that was definitely this yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it all sort of... Merlin eventually comes to the forest uh, where all she his was. base is set up. And the... They have some traps set up. You know, Emmy sets some traps off and so on. Canary has another point. She does some stuff. It all, mm. all sort of boils down to a fight, though. And all he wins, all he actually gets him down, and he's about to stab him with an arrow in a fit of rage over everything he's done. And yep. we get the weird plot twist where Diggle hits Ollie and is like, I can't let you kill him, Ollie. Sorry, I owe this man my life. And he carries Merlin off into the, <laughs> into the water. And I kind of went, ugh. But, I did too, but with Percy, I've learned to trust him and go, yeah. there's something. Yeah. This is the same thing we were talking about earlier. You have to wait and see yeah. what the story it's, is. But my initial gut reaction was, well, ugh. So did you notice they also he also tied it into Emmy's story with Shadow? That Broderick says that he has a connection in Japan. Mm, yeah. That that is no longer there. I think the Diggle thing is like it is so out of left field. Like nothing. There, there yeah. is nothing that implies he is anyway untrustworthy, or that he had ties to anyone. It just comes uh-huh. out of complete nowhere. Which may be fine in the long run because they'll explain it and they'll say this is what the tie was and this is well, why. And... But it feels he cheap didn't... in this moment. Yeah. All he did was stop Ollie from killing him. Like he is not like he told him you can't capture him. So those kids still end up with Merlin being captured and whatnot. He just Ollie can't kill him. It feels like he's taking him away, so I don't think he's going to be captured there. But yeah, uh, for whatever reason, Diggles him a debt, and I'm sure we'll find out why. But yeah. it, it did come out of, like complete, and it's it's almost a shame because. I, this was easily my like overall favorite arc of this book, and it's just yeah. this. This is kind of a really weird ending to it. See, I yeah. thought Ollie was gonna kill him, and it was gonna cause problems. Like Emmy would have been like, "Yeah, we're on the same page, right?" And but then everyone Dana. else, <laughs> yeah. But everybody else there on team. And then, I, that almost would have worked then, even to still have Diggle being like, "No, he owes yeah. his life." But in the aftermath, it's like the guilt yeah. of, "Hang on, maybe I should have done something." Right. Hmm. But and then then you would finally get to see Tommy Merlin show back up, you know. Yeah, potentially, we, mm. we've teased him the last couple issues, and we still might. But uh, another interesting thing that it seemed like Ollie was flirting with the news. Well, the news lady was definitely. Yeah, I don't think he was with flirting with her. She was flirting with him. Yeah. And she like, oh, so are you and Black Canary like exclusive? And he's yeah. like, because he shoots her down immediately. It feels like he yeah. is like, no, no, no. Well, um, I felt like he was kind of teasing, not teasing, or flirting, but kind of leaving it open so he could get more info out of her, you know? Kind of yeah. just let that play well, around. It, it's going to be and, his press ally yeah. for information. Like, that seems yeah. to be, it'll be an ongoing thing. But right. I, 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 Merlin stabs her through the heart as well. Until still Merlin uh-huh. stabs her through the heart. Uh, but of course, what she finds out at the end, though, all, all these, like, she finds out the history of the city and it was built on a star, and it's setting up the whole... It's going to Seattle's going to become Star City. <laughs> yeah, maybe not in name. Like, as a fan of that city, I don't like, but in storyline, like storyline terms, I think that's awesome. Because oh, it's yeah. just it's. I'm it's like, a pentagram. This is, star. This is completely not... goofy, and yeah, like I say, it's a pentagram. I was like, but I, I, I have to see what Percy does with this. I just have to. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I am excited that they're, they're actually going to give Green Arrow his like Star City. That's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's that classic moment where she's drawn a pentagram on the map. It's like, it was built on a star. Yeah. So. And the art, too. It's, it's Schmidt. It's fantastic. Yeah, Schmidt, this, Schmidt, this is my Schmidt. problem this week, is I can't decide 
I'm still deciding right now what my favorite art of the week's been because it's all of it's that's been good. Great, this that's the problem with week three, isn't it? Yeah. Because you, you always got Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of Finch, so far, all the art's been like up next level, and Finch especially is even when you've, good. Yeah, especially but... when you've thrown like Batwoman into the mix. Mm-hmm. You have yes. <sighs> Super Sun's had Jimenez, so. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I, it's yeah. just. I, I mostly enjoyed this issue. Uh, it's been a really great arc. It's just that that twist yeah. with Diggle is really just out of nowhere and weird. Yep. Well, I, I tried to turn the page, and there's no more pages to turn. So, because I thought there was a a twist on top of the twist. Yeah. Not so much. I mean, we've got uh, Roy Harper next issue, and I mean, obviously we got a few references to that with Emmy in this one. That was yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, it was a tough burden to bear. Yeah, because all, all these, like... A, don't want a sidekick, I don't want a protege, and she's like, why? He's like, oh, it didn't work out very well. So they're, they're sort of teasing that that history's there, and so when Roy shows up next issue, it may be, maybe that's why they're, they're tying it like this, why Percy's putting them in the next couple issues, is because yeah. it's going to tie into him accepting that Emmy can be the new Red Arrow, so this interaction I, I with... I think that's the aim, yeah. yeah. Like, it'll be them coming to terms with each other, and not completely fixing, but at least starting to fix their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's uh, Green Arrow. That'll take us on to Green Lanterns, issue 17. Uh, Sam Humphrey's writing and Eduardo Pansica on art. I'm going to glow a little bit at the start of this uh, this review. Okay. I knew this was coming. Well, if you if you recall uh, last issue of Green Lanterns, we got into quite a debate uh, mm-hmm. over over one line of dialogue. <laughs> Which yeah. uh, about it happened the, a lot that week, didn't it? It, it happened a lot that week. I uh, Connor was uh, especially pernickety. Uh, I'm blaming him. Was it me? I thought it was I Matt. Know. Was it Matt? That was no, you. Was... No. Let's not get into let's no. not get into a debate about <laughs> over who it was. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not get about that debate. Yeah. Uh, no. So basically, the the discussion was. Batman mentioned that there was a yellow Sinestro core rings at play. That 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 was what was going on in the city because Gotham, like people are getting scared of Batman. Uh, these fake sort of Batman joke videos or whatever, these hate videos are causing people to be scared of Batman and start hurting people. And he he said at one point, "Oh, it's just like the 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 the, the yellow Black rings that we encountered in Blackest Night." And Cora was insistent that. Sinestro, not Sinestro, wrong character. Scarecrow, Scarecrow. might still have his ring. I'm, it was both of us were insistent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, both more... of you? Okay, fine. I'll gloat to both of you. That's fine. I don't mind. Makes the gloating all the sweeter. That's fine. Now uh, I know why Guy Gardner wants to punch Batman whenever <laughs> he gets to. <laughs> uh, and I was like, no, that's this is what what makes you think he still got his ring. And I, I was insistent. I stood my ground, and I feel vindicated. Because he doesn't Ooh, have uh, his ring. Uh, can we move on to the actual issue now, then? Yeah, we yeah. can, yeah. yeah. On you go. You, you I wasn't that keen on it, you know. Just take it away. Uh, I... I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, either. It was... It was kind of... There, there was moments I liked, but overall, I yeah. feel kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah, it was... I don't appreciate Humphreys talking down. You know? Like, I feel like the dialogue between... Um, crap. Simon and Batman. I just, oh, it, it's returned to first first arc levels of dialogue. I think what it is is for me at least this series is so much 
better when it focuses on Jessica more than Simon. I agree yeah. with that, yes. Because uh, like, this more complex is, character. Yeah, this is very Simon. much uh, Simon's story of the two of them, and yeah. I'm just not yeah. really feeling it that much. Yeah, basically this whole two-issue arc was about Simon realising that his wanting the the gun is like a fear of himself not being good enough. It's not about the, the ring. Uh, so he ultimately makes the choice to give up the gun at the end of the issue, uh, and I like I like the idea that they tie in him deciding not to have the gun, like have that be something that he does with Batman around, like have Batman be an influence on yeah. that. That's actually quite a neat idea. Uh, the actual plot of this episode, though, uh, this episode, this issue, uh, they actually find Scarecrow really easily. It's actually a really quick thing. Like I, I thought we'd get a couple of issues of them trying to find Scarecrow, but they just like, oh, uh, all signatures point to this building. They go to said building. Look through the binoculars. Yep, let's look at the place. I love that Jessica made the, the binoculars from the ring. Yeah, well, that was yeah. a cool little touch. I thought that it was just a small thing, but I loved it. Yeah. Uh, I also like that her ring talks to her in Spanish sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she's like, dude, English. English. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I think that's just that's just kind of a symptom of the the, the series so far. As we definitely like Jessica more. Uh, we like the slice of life issues more than we do the the big plot issues. Uh, and. Yep. And I still kind of well, feel we get that. more. We get back to Volthoom and the Rogue Guardian and stuff in the next issue. So yeah, hopefully we get some more of that. I also there's so I got a lot of Batman this week. He's just like in everything, but I really enjoyed him here because there's that scene where him and him and Simon are still mad at each other for what happened in the cave. Mm. Simon won't give up his firearm, and so having like this discussion on the roof. And Batman just puts down the binoculars and looks at him, and then puts the binoculars back up. <laughs> and it's like the art there, and Batman's sassy face, just like I've had enough of this guy, and how Batman says that he can't stand the lanterns, like Jessica's the only one that he really likes. Yeah, I thought that was great. Well, that, that was yeah. the big thing that when Simon like gave up the gun at the end. Like the big one of the big points they made was Batman's like, like I never really liked Hal. Guy's an asshole. Uh, I never really felt like I'd work with any of them, but maybe I can work with you. Like, maybe we've yep. reached a sort of middle ground here where yeah. you'll be the one yeah. I call Hell's on. Hell's a glory hog and yeah. Gardner's Gardener is, I believe, <laughs> is, I believe is the, the wording, which I just love. My, uh, my biggest problem with Batman was uh, when Simon was giving up the gun. Like, I know Batman doesn't like guns, but I would have liked him to take it just as symbolically. Like, yes, I, I appreciate you're making this gesture. Yeah. He could have handed it to Gordon, like, "Hey, take this." Yeah. But yeah. He, I would have liked him to accept it off him when he when he offered it out. Yeah. He should he should have accepted it and then taken it apart in like three seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, I, I, just dismantled it. I felt it. like him going, "No, I don't want it." It, it kind of felt like almost. It almost felt like. Well, it was almost like oh, he was trolling it. him. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like he was trolling him. Like, nah, I don't care what you do with it. I just don't like it. Yeah, the, the Which, same way he does with like Kate. Yeah, mm. it's just uh, that that felt a little bit weird to me. But, no, uh, I would love a everything else bold, where they team up random heroes in Simon and Kate together. That would have been pretty be down cool. for that. Mm. Yeah. Um, I will say, I mean, that wasn't like bad per se, but I do think it's probably the weakest start so far out of all the books we, we've yeah, talked about. It felt a little rushed, like not bad, but just like. Lots of empty space, hmm. you know, like very simple. Yeah, lots and of plain. And Scarecrow too, little, little easy to take him down. Yeah, like, it was like super easy. Like Simon just overcomes his fear and creates a giant yeah. construct that 
destroys his machine. Because the way they actually explain the fear is they do obviously Scarecrow references that he used to have the ring in Blackest Night yeah. or whatever, and he's basically fear for the first time yeah. in forever. And he's had the ring twice, so for the second time he was ready, so he studied it and analyzed it, and he was able to recreate the uh, some of the effects because he's the master of fear and so on and blah 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 blah. Even then, that that's a reach because as we've seen in other books, like it's just light in emotion and that's how you, and you can't you can't hold that it's not like you can you know what i mean it's not like captain yeah. cold re, recreating the cold gun based off of memory you oh, know? honestly i actually like that the core idea of it though that he like ever since having oh, yeah. the ring has been obsessed with it and he's tried to recreate it like i love the idea that he did eventually succeed but i almost would like this stuff to play over like a full arc where we see him like a mad scientist trying to recreate the effect of yeah. the yellow ring you know it's the sort of thing where if this was say like a john's book we'd have seen scarecrow in the background of other batman stories mm. and he'd be like working on yep. this yeah. yeah but because it was just put in this like two issue and it felt kind of throwaway it was just kind of like eh, okay it's a nice yeah. idea but yeah yeah definitely yeah uh, even if it did cause some interesting arguments yeah i don't i don't care <laughs> yellow light, it's yellow over light. Don't win now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt, I don't, to be fair, Matt, I don't really care that I was right compared to you. It's just, it's Connor. Yeah. I like it's being funny. right when Connor's wrong. Yeah. That's my favourite. I feel the same about you, though, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll take this us on. weird to be the baseline. <laughs> <laughs> That'll take us on uh, oh, to Justice League 15. Mm. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, so I, I'll say, obviously, I'd usually read this. I did not. And this was because I was like, uh, I've been looking the last couple of weeks, like, I really could do a drop in some stuff because of time, and Justice League is definitely on the lower end of the scale. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I said to Pete, oh, I might not read it this week, I'll see if I have time towards the end. And then he mentioned how it was Hitch trying to do Hickman, and I hate everything Hickman, so I was like, yep, not touching this, I'm out. So, it's, so can we call this Hitchman? <laughs> I nearly did accidentally then. Uh, oh, it's, you know how like the first arc was really kind of confusing and nothing was explained properly. Yeah, this was kind of back to that where it's this big gigantic plot and there's like time jumps and it seems like most of not Batman and Superman but the rest of the Justice League have all been displaced in time because this group of people called the Infinity Corporation who are like yeah. I, I, I can't even follow this already. T- this t- <laughs> they're they're oh. protecting time. Some Something's caused, like... so Someone's set off like a bunch of time bombs, essentially, so the entire reality will be messed up. So they've sent, like... like Flash went to somewhere specific. He went to, like, Central City the day of the, the lightning, the day of the creation of the Speed Force, as he called it. Uh, Wonder Woman gets sent to the past. Aquaman's got sent to the past where, like, Atlantis... Didn't get started, but like the the start of the, the line that led to him, I, I guess. Uh, and they all get displaced, but it's all told out of order, and you just kind of piece it together. Batman and Superman are with this Infinity Corporation thing in this building, and there's this weird start. You know, and you, you know, like we said this back in the first arc, but it still feels like there's a there's a moment with John and Lois at the start. Uh-huh. And Hitch writes John so much younger than every other character, every other writer. Like uh-huh. it's it's unreal. Because he's like, they're at a, a gas station and Lois is like, honey, stay in the car. And it, it feels like she's talking to a five-year-old. Not, not yeah. you know, 10 to 12. A 10. Yeah. Which is what John is. But uh, Basically, this blinding white light's coming for them. Batman just happens to be over there and he's like, Superman, come over here. 
and it looks like the white consumes Lois and John, and he's like, I need to go and save them, and Batman's like, no, you have to trust me, Clark. We can save them, but not right now, not like this. And I'm like, okay, where's this going? And then they go into this building with these weird people. Nothing's really explained. Uh, yeah, I we're have... definitely getting this, this story on Ledgers of Tomorrow next year. <laughs> I have very little clues to what was really going on. Uh, it was not enjoyable to read. Honestly, I, I finished it out of, like, sort of, I'm finishing this so I can talk about it and so I can tell you what it was. And But then, ultimately, three pages in, I was like, right, I'm done with this. <laughs> I, I don't need to read any more of this yeah. book. Uh, so Justice League has finally dropped. Justice League yeah. is completely dropped. We we kept with it longer because it's Justice League and we wanted it to uh, be. But good. then they gave us JLA, so it's like, hey, I've exactly. got another Justice League team book now, so I'm good. Uh, and I almost feel like they were just trying to devalue the Justice League name so they could revalue, you know, the Justice League of America name. And it's funny because uh, the 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 main because it flashes back to like just before the Justice League went to all these different time periods. The, the main girl from this Infinity thing went, went to the, the the building that they were in and this attack happened. And there's a couple of lines from her when she's talking to some of them where she's like, um, yeah, I've been watching from the outside and, you know, I've seen you fight, like, battles from stuff you don't remember, like, from Crisis to Flashpoint. And I was like, all right, okay, you got me mainly interested when she said that. Uh, but... If, even though it's like poking at like things, I feel like it's going to be completely irrelevant in the long run. Yeah, you know, I kind of feel like everything you just said was just utter bollocks. <laughs> just everything was all just nonsense that made no sense, and I I'm it's so mean. glad I didn't read this. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm 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 officially out of Justice League. Uh, I can't do it anymore. It's just it's. How are it's, you gonna get your cold snap fix? It's me. That is the that is the one good thing that Justice League has given me is the Legend of Cold Snap. That is the best thing it's ever done, and it, it's probably the best thing it ever will do. Well, well, it was no, annoying. I don't know. The Max Lord issue was pretty dope. Well, that's yeah, not that hitch. hitch. Yeah, we're not counting the hit, the non hitch issue. To, to be fair, last issue was pretty good. Well, it was a good idea. He was still clunky at the writing though. Yeah, but like it was good enough that I was like, okay, I can forgive some clunkiness. Yeah, yeah, no, I, the last issue was definitely the best ideas had for an issue in the whole run. But as soon as this, I started this, it was like this is back to the same ball. This is the first arc where it's this cataclysmic end of the world, everything's going down. And I'm like, I know it's the Justice League, but this is just tiring, and none of it feels like it means anything. It feels like they're not going to mention any of this in the other books. It's just kind of, and it's not fun. That's that's boils down to that. It's not fun. That's the thing. A lot of John's Justice League stuff in the New 52 was kind of, oh, here's another big event and here's another big event. But it was fun at every point, pretty oh. much. Yeah. So, yeah. Justice League is dropped. 15 issues is as far as we... Obviously, if there's like, tie-ins that are written by other people and stuff, we'll, oh, we'll, read those. we'll come back to it. But uh, as for the regular hitch issues, nah, I'm, I'm out. There we go. That's just a sleep. That'll take us on to the Odyssey of the Amazons, issue two, written by Kevin Graveau and art by Ryan Benjamin. Uh, did both of you read this? Because I did not. I didn't. I didn't even finish the first yep. issue. So oh, I read it. Uh, take it away. More concise than the first issue. <laughs> so if you want to go back, it's it's not as long as a read as that first one was. So... Yeah, this is a lot more digestible, and this this may have benefited if this had been the first issue. Yep. Because this is basically 
they, they at the end of the last one, like we said, they went to follow the the, the ones who'd been taken because the fates right. directed them towards the Viking lands. Yep. And they got attacked by all the, the trolls. Yep. And this just opens in that fight. And then the Vikings come in and help them out. And you, that's. You got Viking good... Prince. Yeah. Old school Vi- DC character there. So that's cool. Nice tie in. Yep. But here's my main problem. Okay. Is knowing what I know about the Vikings, right? They were that's pretty... quite a bit, to be fair. That is. History tells us they were a pretty equality driven. Society that if you could lift a shield and axe, you could go to battle. It didn't matter your gender, you know. Yeah. Here, though, the writing in them is very patriarchal, and women can't fight. Women are meant to stay at home and bear strong sons. Okay, here's just... the way I took that in this issue because I agree uh-huh. that that's how it usually is. Yeah, I assumed that this is where they learn that that can be the case. And they learn just... from the Amazons that oh, hang on, women can be that. And, I don't and... know though, because you have the you have the Valkyries. You do have the Valkyries. The, the and, and you I have the Valkyries. Yeah. yeah, in in mythology and in their beliefs that led shield maidens becoming like a thing. Yeah, you and, know, and you can't just be that because the Valkyries even show up in this. Show up. Yeah. So, you know. So other than that, though. Um, we get that the main point of the trolls taking the Amazons is so they can breed. Um, well, not the trolls, the Jotuns. Yeah. Yeah, the giants. So they can breed a new, like, stronger warrior to fight the gods. Yeah. And they're going to use much. the Amazons for that. Uh, and so, as the, the Amazons and the Vikings go looking for their lost sisters, uh, they end up running across Odin's Valkyrie. Or the the warrior women of the north, and they come in on flying goats, right? It's like, yeah, it, yeah. it was flying goats because they. Well, one of them has a goat. I think the others are just on okay. horses. It's, flying okay. horses, obviously. There we go. No, no I'm not listening. There's a lot of because I'm I'm kind of huh? not listening. I was thinking about I was just you know I was using this time while you two were talking to think about my top five, and I wasn't paying attention. And I just heard army of flying goats, and I was like, wait, what? What did I miss? <laughs> Where'd Tim come from? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, along the way there, though, you get a lot of interesting, like, interpersonal stuff between the Amazons and the Vikings, and them almost come to blows over yeah, differences. I, I really like how they play off each other, because they're both such prideful people, yep. and that no one wants to back down, and it just escalates. Oh. And it's only respect in battle that kind of brings them together. I really yeah, like because that. They, basically these gigantic Norse wolves come out of nowhere... And basically eat Hesia, and then she fights her way out of the stomach. And the Vikings are standing by going, whoa, that was cool. You know? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that was it. Like, they don't try to help her because they're just kind of like, oh, no, man, we don't fight these wolves. These wolves are too strong. And yeah, the Vikings, and it's, like, it's like, we respect you now. Come on, yeah, let's do it. Exactly. <laughs> so there's some levity there, and it's not as wordy as the first issue. It's with how we learn all the characters' wordy. names. Uh, didn't take nearly as long to read either. It wasn't like no. There's a lot of action. Even the the narration boxes has yeah. kind of toned down the amount of it quite a lot. Yeah, and I feel like the editors vision. stepped in. Yeah, and were like, hey, you only got six issues, so let's try to get this in and try out. Try to get a move in. Get a move in. Yeah. Yeah. And but yeah, flying goats and giant wolves and Valkyries and the Jotuns. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
and and the art looks great every every time that it goes you know all the swords and axes are out it's like oh yeah i like this yeah it's definitely high fantasy it with is the amazons and and all of them and and Viking Prince. I just love anytime Viking Prince shows up, even in the early Justice League issues where you had the Red Room and it had all like all the artifacts in there and you had Viking Prince's boat mm. there. Like I love just when they tie in DC yeah. continuity for that. Yeah, that's yeah. worth a read. If you have if you have the room, read it. Like if this was a week two book or a week four book, I probably wouldn't be reading it to review. Mm. I mean I'd still get it to read, but and it's... I feel like if the first one was a bit wordy for you and you were yeah. uh, contemplating going, eh, maybe not, yeah. uh, get the second issue. You, Stick with if this you, one. If you, uh, if you enjoyed the concept of the first one, you'll enjoy this issue a lot more. Yep. All right. Uh, that's Odyssey of the Amazons issue two. That'll take us on to one sort of bonus. This isn't that one we're going to keep going with, but... Because like Young Animal, it's kind of a separate imprint, uh, but we thought we'd try the first issue of the Wildstorm, uh, which is the sort of Warren Ellis sort of reboot of this Wildstorm universe. Uh, well, Warren Ellis wrote the issue, John Davis Hunt uh, on the art, uh, me and Matt read this. Yep. And so I think this is the first time since we started recording mm-hmm. and we started splitting off different books that I've read everything. Really? Except for Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I think me and Peter have actually tied for the most, which hmm. never happens. Usually I'm the least because I'm looking for stuff to do. Well, yeah, usually, I'm definitely the least this week. Yeah, it's usually Connor, yeah. though, because he usually reads all the like, stuff that neither of us want. All the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. And there's there's no Connor's Corner this week. Do you, so... what? Uh, do you know what? Since Connor's dropped a few books from week two, I think he should keep doing yeah. Red Hood. So he's, he's made room for it. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I already give him enough crap. Yeah. If, if you want to pay, like, it would literally take me, like, well, you'd have to buy the issue, and then like another hundred dollars on top of that per month. And then, uh, uh, yeah, for every issue. Well, if we ever start a Patreon up, I know what one of the bonus goals is going to be. <laughs> Connor, you do this again. You do this to yourself. Hey, and hey. then you want to blame Pete, but no, no. For a hundred dollars, for a hundred dollars, I'd read it. I'd read it for a hundred dollars an right, issue. Guys, it was that. shit, but I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my price. Every man has a price. Right. And for Red Hood, that is my price. Oh boy. Oh, my price for reading Red Hood is much higher than that. I'll just I'll let you know that right now. Yeah. Um, anyway, my pride so, nobody can have it. The whale. <laughs> uh, the whale star of issue one. Um, now, I, I'm not super familiar with Wellstorm before this. I never read a Wellstorm book. Either. Obviously, some of the characters had books that start in New 52. They were, those were kind of the ones that I largely ignored even then, because I was like, I don't know what Grifter is. I, 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 I read all of those and enjoyed them to varying amounts. Voodoo was pretty fun. But the point I'm making is, though, is that I went into this, this is completely fresh. And it, to be fair, that is the point of this as well, is that it is a completely restart. Yeah. You don't have to know anything. So, um, admittedly, I think if you did have a, an understanding of the characters, you'd probably... Like, just know who people are a bit better. Whereas I'm like kind of like, all right. Because there's probably some of these characters that I'll just describe. Whereas people who know Wellstone will be like, oh, no, that's... They'll just know the name. Like, that's this character. Yeah. They're going to become that. Did you that. read the, the Ella stuff that started coming up like a couple weeks ago in the back? I did not, no. Okay. So I did. So I think this made a lot more sense had you read all that. Oh, right. And you kind of know his motivations going in. That he basically wants to bring a Game of Thrones approach... But instead of different houses, it's different companies. 
and each one of them is vying for that. control. I can see that because uh, so, we have uh, we have IO, which is sort of the, right? the main one, and then we have the sort of the rival one who I can't remember the name of it, but the AO uh, is that what it's called? No, Halo. Halo, yeah, right, yeah, Halo. Because uh, yeah. that's the guy with the goatee who someone tries to assassinate yep. in this, this issue. Um, I have to admit, I thought this was pretty good, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it had... It's funny, it almost felt kind of 52-ish to me, in the sense that it's, it's having these different characters with their different plots, which, admittedly, at this point, because I don't know who they all are yet, it's a little bit much, but at the same time, I kind of got the impression, right, they're connected to them, they're connected to them. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we have this uh, sort of agent character who starts and she's like, she's like, murdered someone because they weren't cooperating yeah zealot she calls in the cleanup crew we meet the sort of the head of io who runs things and we we meet this woman who is like working under him and she's like agitated and she wants more resources for a project Uh, you're bleeding i am okay well give me more money so i can finish not bleeding and she was a really interesting character because she says she's got something inside her but then when this assassination attempt happens when she's walking past the building and the guy gets thrown out the window, she's like, oh, right. And she's like, and you see the nosebleed. It's actually a really good page, like, showing this, like, oh, it's all, it's like an interior metal suit that comes out. It's really weird and funky. Yeah. Do you know who this character's called? Like, Is this? Yeah, it's the engineer. The engineer, um, cool, right. An- Angela Spica. I, so I think she's going to be the de facto main character because a lot of that wild storm by Ellis he kept talking about her yeah, felt like because she's kind of in the middle because she, you find out she works for IO, but a branch of IO. So yeah. she works for the owner. It also, the guy who runs it. Yeah. It also seemed like IO was the, or the ones who actually wanted this guy dead, but she just, right. she obviously doesn't A, know that, but B, she just swooped in and saved no. him, even though it's clearly causing her great pain to like go into this like jet packing robot right. mode. But she saves the guy that Halo's trying to, or Halo, IO is trying to kill who yeah. runs Halo. And so it's this. She's like a wild card, because it, now it seems that by the end, both sides want to know what her motivations are. And as far as I can tell, she just saw a guy falling out of a skyscraper and yeah. decided to try to help. She, she, she didn't may, care who it was. Yeah, she may, she may end up in the core heart of it. Uh, yeah. So obviously, Zealot works for IO, presumably. IO. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have Voodoo, who we see with some like friends at one point. We don't really see yep. what they're up to. Uh, uh, we know they're going through the street yep. and they're looking for something, but there's not a whole lot of their plot yet. Uh, but I kind of liked it. I, I thought it was uh, uh, setting up this sort of like corporate, like with you know robot people, espionage stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, and then you have the the guy that runs Halo and who's the owner. He's an alien of some kind. Because hmm. he he talks about his biology and and how the the assassin got in close to him, it kind of fooled some of his sensors, but not a major one. Yeah. And then like basically, Halo's built on alien technology, but nobody knows this. So it'd be kind of like if Apple has all of these advances because they have alien tech, and it's kind of like IO wants to shut that down. This is the vibe that I'm getting. Not just because they're a competitor, because what does it mean if humans are interacting with alien technology and don't know? You know, like there's this whole, whole shadowy type thing to it. Yeah, but you know, I, I do no actually. One's really in the clear. I do really like this engineer in the middle kind of aspect to it, though. Yep. I think without her, it would be a lot less interesting to me. But because she's in the yep. middle and she is very conflicted, and she does seem like a very troubled character who, but will jump in and do the right thing. Like that gives it this, yep. this, this, like you say, wild card element in the middle that yep. makes it a lot more interesting. But. 
no, I think is I mean, it's going to be twenty four issues because it's got like a sort of little timeline at the top of the, the cover says one yep. to twenty four. This was number one. So no, I, I enjoy. So it. is this bi weekly as well, or is this monthly? So I think it's, it's monthly. Two years. I, I think okay. it's monthly. Uh, no, I'm not going to keep Good reading story. it monthly because you know we got a lot of DC books to read. But I yeah. definitely am interested in reading the trades when the time comes and binge reading it. Not, not trying to put imprints against each other. Mm. Definitely more my speed than the young animal stuff. I would agree, so, based on the ones I read. Although I, I did like yeah. Mother Panic from the first issue, but uh, I, de- I do definitely think this appeals. A bit. This feels more at the start of a good TV show than those did. If that makes sense. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. My brain didn't break after reading this, and there's a lot of heavy <laughs> concepts. Yeah. Like after Doom Patrol. So. Yeah. Again, I'm interested in going and reading the trades of that as well once once they come out. But uh, I, I, no, I'm. I, I would recommend trying it if you if you're interested in this stuff. Yep. Uh, for me, it's more of a, a binge read wait because it's. Uh, like, I'm yeah. never going to remember these characters and the details month to month. Uh, difficult enough doing that with characters that have that have existed for seventy years. When you read as much DC as we do already, plus yeah. the other stuff, we try to read. Adding another thing that's new yeah. concepts and not, characters. It's not just, enough room in my brain. Well. But uh, no, for for trade binge reading later, uh, I can see that's yep. been pretty cool. Uh, and it's maybe the start of a universe, so I imagine there will be other books that come yeah. alongside of it eventually. Well, and that's what he said. It's supposed to be four books. Is there? Okay, yeah. cool. And, and Ellis is curating it, kind of like Gerard Way is with Young Animal, to where a lot of the core concepts are going to come from him, but other writers are going to be able to come in and play with those concepts, playing that. Do you know box. what annoys me most about this? Mm-hmm. Everything you said sounds great. And, it's like, and he, he does this all the time, but I hate mm-hmm. everything he writes. I love the ideas, mm-hmm. but I just I can't stand the way he writes. Like, uh, even things that I love, like James Bond. His, his Bond comic couldn't get past the second issue. Fun, couldn't fun, do it. Funny, funny thing is, is that I've never really read much Ellis before, but I did like the writing in this issue. It's not like, I don't even think he's bad. I just I can't stand it. I don't know what it is. I hate everything that he's written. And it's, it's a real shame because I like a lot of the ideas. Like, like all of this that you've just said, it's like, if, this sounds so my thing. If but, you have room and time, I would say give it a look. Like, free comic book day comes around, you're getting like deals on stuff. Just throw it in there. Or uh, when the inevitable TV adaptation comes along, you can enjoy that instead. Yeah, because hopefully someone will adapt the writing into a way that doesn't annoy me. <laughs> what can uh, we do? dear I mean that uh, genuinely there though well that will take us on to wrapping up the week uh, so best panels art and books and whatnot of the of this week so as always we start with best panel Um, I'm going to go first I've got one ready uh, we mentioned it earlier but I love it I love it so much it is uh, Damien in darkness behind John when he's in bed saying uh I hope you remember to flush Johnny Boy. Oh, I, I was convinced oh. you were going to go with the, the Dark Knight Returns the, one. The, yeah, me too. Oh, no, like, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of good panels in that book. There really was. Um, I was tempted to go with the heartbreaking uh, Bittersweet Barbara page from Nightwing because beat still in my heart. Week. Yeah, But mm. no, I, I think it's because that, that panel sums up the entire appeal of that book for me. Yeah, you know, it's, no, I get that. It's Damien being a dick to John and John putting up with his shit like that. That's what yeah. that book is. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that, that panel yeah. encapsulates it in a really fun way. So, uh, Connor, panel of the week. 
Uh, also one that I mentioned earlier. It's the one in Trinity where Wonder Woman breaks free and you can see her in outfit in the mirror. It's the whole idea that even when they're not in costume, they're still the same heroes and oh, it yeah. just looked great. It's, it had the, the visual and the metaphorical. I loved it all. You're... Oh, you'd be next, Matt, yes. Yeah, yeah, I was waiting for you to call on me because I didn't know. I don't want to mess up your system. I, just, I feel, no. I feel like... But I didn't win you the last one. Yeah, so it's, okay. it's obvious yeah, you're next. Yeah, I know, but so... So, oh, so oh, mine is oh, really acting. Really, <laughs> oh, really doesn't want him to tell us what, what, no, what his panel is, really does it? It's because it's not from Super Sons or Trinity or even Superman. Oh, 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 oh wow. That's yeah, weird, on? right? It comes from Nightwing, and it is the one that Pete already talked about where... <laughs> ah, right, okay. You know, on that bridge. So, because it's already been oh, set up in is, is Batgirl that, and Nightwing. It's that page so, when she, she, she doesn't finish her sentence. It's that panel. This is um, why week three is my favourite. Nightwing's on two weeks, though. Yeah, but <laughs> week one doesn't have enough else to be my favourite, does it? But See, week one is my favourite because there's nothing else. <laughs> it's solid. And I don't mean that there's nothing else. It's just most of my favourite books come out at that time. Yeah, that's so. fair. All right. Uh, us panels. Uh, cover. Best cover of the week. We'll start with Matt, this one. This is hard. This is between Trinity and Super Sons. But I think I'm going to give it to Super Sons just because it looks so fun. Because you have the, the two boys and then the dads in the background. So I can <sighs> respect that, but I'm actually going to have to go in with Batwoman Rebirth as my favourite cover of the week. It is gorgeous. Uh, interesting. I was having the same debate as Matt. Batwoman was like my, my third choice mm-hmm. under what, whichever one of those I'd picked. And seeing as Matt did Super Sense, I'll pick Trinity, and then then they they'll get represented. So there you go. Cool. Uh, that was quick and painless. All right, art of the week. That's potentially being a, a very tough decision this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot, lot of lot of good art. Connor, you've not went first yet. Batwoman. Epton kills it. Okay, uh, Matt. Let me Nightwing, just because the stories that were told through there. It's just it's fantastic, and I'm going with Super Sons. I love expressions. Are you? See, see, see if gonna... you see if you can nail like expressive faces, you win a lot of points with me, and that's what that that yeah. whole issue felt like. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Like, I'm like not going to argue it, any of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. That one. It overdoes the expressions. It's oh, like yeah. comic effect. And... It's, it's almost as well because when you're kids, you kind of exaggerate everything, so it kind of yeah. ties into that as well. It's, it's fun. It's poppy. Uh, no, I love that. It's the same thing I love about the uh, Supergirl art from Ching. Like, yeah, it's, the same, yeah, sort of thing yeah. I love it's the same thing, isn't it? Uh, so I'm consistent, if nothing else. Um, uh, and then I guess that takes us on to the top five books of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I'll jump out. I'll go first. Super Sons is number one. Um, the ones I loved that book. It was everything I wanted it to be. Uh, I would praise the art, writing, voices. So much fun. Uh, number two, Nightwing, because my my damn heart, it's there, <laughs> and when something proves the heart's there, I you know, you feel it. He's not a robot, people. Uh, number three you. will be Superman. Uh, John's dominating this list this week. Uh, yes, he is. Fun Goonies style adventure, horror esque, kids and bikes, love it. Uh, art was really good as well. Actually, we not mentioned art for that, but that was uh, really good. Tell it as well. Um. Uh, so that's number three. Number four, 
probably Green Arrow, and then number five would go to. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm for the record, I'm not including Wildstorm in this. I'm, I'm not. Okay. Uh, uh, number five would be probably Batman Rebirth then. I don't know Trinity. Sorry, no, I mean Trinity. I forgot about Trinity. Trinity is number five. Okay. So right. Super Sons, Nightwing, Superman, Green Arrow, Trinity. There you go, Matt. So mine is gonna be the same, just in different order. So number one is Nightwing. I just really love this issue. Uh, number two is Super Sons. Three Superman. Four Green Arrow. Five Trinity. So you just swap the one and two. That oh, was pretty similar. Yeah. Mine, mine's very similar again. One, Nightwing. Uh, also, I want to say, I forgot to mention earlier, I was not as big on the Bloodhaven arc overall as you guys. I thought it started yeah. off really strongly, but mm-hmm. I thought kind of towards the middle it kind of tailed off a little bit. But then this issue was phenomenal. And then, so that's my number one. Two, Super Sons. Three, Superman. Four, Trinity. And five, Batwoman. All yeah. right. There you go. Uh, bottom one is Batman. I know Pete doesn't ask us anymore, but I have to. Yeah, yeah, that's the bottom for me as well. Justice League. Well, because you read. Well, yeah, League. yeah. <laughs> if, I feel like if I'd read that, I'd still yeah. give Batman the bottom issue. Oh. Oh God, no, not even. <laughs> oh no, there's still things I liked in Batman. This uh, <laughs> Justice League was. Uh, like I still want to really like, but I've never for a second thought, oh, I might drop Batman. Whereas Justice League for the no, past no, like, like you know three months, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll drop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Wellstone was very obviously we we kept that separate because it's not a DCU book per se, but uh, yeah, it was good. So, uh, no, there you go. That's uh, week three. That just leaves me to tell you what is coming next week on our fourth week of February. And we have, of course, Justice League of America, issue one. So we get the first proper issue of yep. the series. Uh, we get Action Comics 974, Batman Beyond, issue five, Batgirl number eight, Blue Beetle, issue six, Deathstroke 13, Detective Comics 951, The Flash 17, Teen Titans number five, Wonder Woman 17. Plus, in terms of minis, we have uh, the second, and I'm excited about this, Supergirl Being Super, issue two is out. Uh, on top of that, Connor will be covering Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps 15 and the Hellblazer issue 7, assuming he doesn't drop more books before then. That's something I was going to say. I am looking at cutting some more books, as, as I mentioned here. I haven't yet decided what will be staying next week, so well, just pres- off the yeah. chance that something Tune gets in to cut. Find out. Presumably, though, this will be the last week you cut because you've cut a couple from week 2. Presumably, if you want to cut one from week 3, you've done Justice League, I suppose. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I might, I might whittle them down further as we go on. We'll see. Carl's going to be reading like three books a week by the time he's done. Well, I don't want to go that far, but maybe cut it down to ten instead of the fifteen that I am on some weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, man. Also out next week is uh, Suicide Squad issue twelve. If you're, uh, if you're reading it. Um, we're not covering it though, obviously. Uh, so that's uh, that's what's coming next week. Uh, I think it's it's worth doing. Uh, what are you most excited for next week? I don't see why we can't throw that in here at the end. From the oh, last. hang on. Let me have another scan through. I wasn't really listening to what oh. you were saying. Well, now you've got a reason to pay attention. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> what book are you like? God damn it, Matt. <laughs> <sighs> um, pers- personally, 
uh, Supergirl being super is pretty exciting because it's been two months yeah. and I really like that first issue. As far as the regular stuff goes, it's probably JLA issue one because it's new and fresh and yeah, whatever. It's JLA. I get for that, me, but... it's for me, it's action comics because I want to know what's going on with with Doppel Clark. You know, I get that. I, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Detective because it's the start of the League of Shadows arc, and I'm really yeah. excited about this. And that last issue has me pumped. Both valid, both valid points. Fan. Although Matt's saying a Superman book is like, <laughs> like he likes to joke that we have bias for Batman, but has no, we? No, you. There's a bias for Batman. Matt, Matt just Matt just has a raging boner for Superman. Have you not heard oh. me talk about All Star Batman? Like powered, uh, powered by the sun. <laughs> a raging boner powered by the sun. I think we have an episode title. That 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 <laughs> that that must be so awkward whenever you're on the beach, Matt. Uh, if you if you've noticed, there's not very many pictures of me on the beach, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> there's a reason why his camera's just like neck up. There's, there's a reason for it, Ding. folks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's that's uh, what's coming next week, and that brings an end to this. Uh, <sighs> Can I call this an episode? It's more, more like a shambles with a number at the end of it. But uh, I, I feel like it was less shambolic than others. Uh, that was week 39, by the way. Really getting up there. We are. Uh, we need to do something special for week 52 when we hit it. Yeah. It's, I like that, that for this. It's it's not even that, oh, we've been doing it a year at that point. It's not like, oh, it's a year's anniversary. It's like, no, it's 52. But funnily enough, it's, it actually, it's the same thing. But yeah. yeah, yeah, but... But we're not looking at it in that perspective. Yeah. I thought it was 52. Yeah. yeah, we can do a two-year anniversary, fine, but no, this first year. I vote that Pete dresses up like Ganthet. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Although I think he'd just end up looking more like a Smurf. Yeah, I'm not I'm not, I'm not dressing up like Ganthet. Uh, I'm, really, I'm not going to... I was intended in making another button for this week for Matt. Which uh, is? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to find out next week. Saving it for 52. Or 52, yeah, yeah. Matt will get his button in episode 52. Just remember, I don't react as good-natured as, as Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, Matt, but you're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <sighs> uh, maybe I'll, I'll make myself a button, but obviously it's for myself, so it'll be positive. It'll be something I like. It'll be nice. I think, I think we should get to pick what your button says. Yeah. And- just for 52, at least. All right, okay. And I'll, I'll let you tell me when I should click it. Yeah. Just leave yeah. it on the whole time. But, <laughs> you know how Matt always goes, oh, I just click the button for, for me. <laughs> we'll, we'll just say that about you as well. See, if Alden was on here, it would just be BFPOS and go back go back to 2015. No, Matt, Matt, you can't just drop that. Explain to the audience. Well, that is one hell of an acronym to drop in. Yeah. Yeah, well... So we were doing a review for a trailer for Batman vs. Superman, and uh, Alden, uh, former Mild Fuzzer, was was on there, and he was uh, defending the trailer, and I called him a Batman fanboy piece of shit. BFPOS, for short. And it stuck, and he stole my BFPOS, and I tried to make it work for Pete, but it doesn't, because he just owns it. He doesn't argue it. So, exactly. It was yeah. it was very funny when it first came out. Yes. Well, it, it, was, was, it was real. Yeah. It came out of nowhere, it and it was just it, it was, was just unfiltered Matt rage. Because <laughs> I had stayed up late to watch this trailer, and the trailer made me feel rage, and then 
I don't want to add new segments to the show, but I kind of just it's popped out in my head, and I kind of want to mention it, right? So this week has been another exciting week in the what can Warner Brothers do wrong now in the (laughs) DC movie universe uh, saga. uh, Where to begin this week? So I was about to say Matt Damon there, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, that's what happened last week, this first part, but Ben Affleck dropped yeah. out a direct in the Batman movie, and then this yeah. week, all these rumours about him not even wanting to be involved at all, he wants out, he just wants gone. Which I believe, by the way, you may not so get I, out, but... I think he'll have to be, he's contracted for so many, and he'll have to do whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, but... But he's going to own it his in. His producer sway, yeah, if he really wants out, they'll let him out. And also, I think okay. if you're building a universe, do you... Real, would you want to keep him for the two more movies you have him for, knowing you have to replace yeah. him before you even, you know, get yeah. going? Yeah. Like, if it was me, I'd want to replace him immediately. I'd want to just yeah, get he's to only had person. two appearances. He's yeah. Batman Superman and Suicide Squad. So yeah. I think. So does that? It's easier to replace him. There was that, right? And then, like a day after that, there was apparently they want Mel Gibson to direct Suicide Squad Two, which I didn't even <laughs> realize was a thing because I I thought when they announced Gotham City Sirens with David Ayer. Like, yeah. yeah, I thought, oh, okay, so that's replacing the sequel. Yeah, but and no. my first thing with Mel Gibson was he knows it's a movie, not a real thing, right? Like, he's not leading the <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, oh, that, that's not even the end of it, though. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Part of me would be curious as to what sort of, yeah. you know, insane he's, movie he would come up with. You might not agree with him as a person, but as a filmmaker, he's not... Oh, he's a good director, and he yeah. was a great actor. Like, go back and watch *Lethal yeah. Weapon*, *Mad Max*, whatever. He, he was good. Like, he had charisma. I don't think anyone questions his talent. Yeah, just no. the man himself. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and it's annoying because, like, actually, when I seen him pop up in *Like Expendables* three, and I was like, "Oh he's man, great. he's like he's still owning the screen. He's still really yeah. good at this." It's just he's a shame in real life. He's a dickhead, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's not even all. Day later. You can almost you could do a daily show about all this crap. Oh, oh you could because I've got one that I'm not sure you've seen. Oh, jeez, right. So day later, or actually, it may have been before this. It was I think it was the day before the Mel Gibson news. It was like they want they're close to having a deal with Matt Reeves to direct the Batman, and then a day after the Mel Gibson news, Matt Reeves abandons talks. He will not do the Batman. <laughs> and all we did is breathe a collective sigh of relief that that someone's talents will not be wasted yeah because we like matt reeves we don't want him to be wasting yep. like two years of his career no. on because this so, is like duncan jones doing warcraft like, that upset i was like i really like him as a director and he's spending t- four years on warcraft but so did you see they've got a new director for the flash movie oh i did not after the three they've already lost Can, tell yeah me. the new one is the guy who just did the lego batman reels yeah okay weird yeah and the thing is, I've seen people going, oh, this is exciting. Like, And I've seen the same people saying that about Matt Reeves. And what's the point in being excited? They've gone through so many directors that Warner Bros. have clearly proven they don't want anyone's vision. They want a yes man. Why get excited about anyone? Because yeah. all they're going to do is go either they'll say yes to Warner Bros. And it'll be a Warner Bros. Studios movie, not a whoever movie. Or they'll just leave in three months' time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like that's just the reaction because Lego Batman's making a fair bit of money. It's getting good reviews. I feel like that's just like a, a on the spot reaction. Oh, let's hire him. Let's get him to do a movie. It probably was. It yeah. was like, do you know what the thing is as well? I like Lego Batman a lot. Um, I think me and Mam may do a, a review for this some point this week. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I I think it's a very good movie. 
but I don't think it's anything down from the director. I think it's very much this is a Warner Bros. Studios movie, but with right choices. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, Lord Miller still had some input on the Lego movie. Yeah. So, and and now they're working on a Star Wars movie. So I don't know how much input they would get. Still, but it it feels like you know? okay. We know what made the Lego movie work. Let's do more mm-hmm. of that. And that's why I, li- I like that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. So re- hiring him just feels like, hey, we want you to do what we say again. And he's gone. Yeah. How much you pay me this time? Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me if the whole rug gets pulled out. And once Oh, I'm still hoping. I I, I wanted to yeah. completely get obliterated, stop everything, t- take five years away, and then come back, start again with the right creative I'm just teams. Saying, it, it's a sad would... state of affairs that I'm more excited for a new Kong movie than a Justice League movie this year. Yeah, that, that's weird. Yeah. It, it, well, I, that's, mean, I keep forgetting that Justice League movie is this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, nothing sums up how I feel about the current movie universe more than when they announced Matt Reeves and I said... This is a director, one of the best directors right now. Dawn of the Apes was freaking phenomenal. Yeah. This is one of the best directors right now doing big budget stuff. One of my favourite characters. And I'm apathetic because they've ruined my anticipation for all this. It wasn't even apathy. It was irritation that they're stealing someone. Yeah. That's that's worse. But that basically sums it up. By the way, I'm going to need to get you to do a little theme tune uh, for this segment we might have sometimes. <laughs> you know, DC movie news at the end, like the bulletin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dun, okay. dun, dun, dun. Ah, just a little thing like that. Just a little thing like that. Uh, maybe with like a, a fart noise at the end or something. I don't know. Uh, just to Classic. accent it. Uh, and then we'll have like a version with an ace noise at the end, just in case someday they turn it around and we don't hate everything they're doing. Uh, maybe. Possibly. All right. Well, this has gone on way too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to get off my chest. All, all that bullshit. All right. it just, uh, it's just uh, whatever. Maybe for the next uh, fifth week, we'll spend some time talking about how we would like yeah. to do a, a DC movie universe. But anyway, uh, that's this week's show. Uh, hopefully you liked the extra bit at the end there. Uh, thank you very much for watching or listening. Let us know what you thought of this week's books in the comments below on the YouTubes. Or you can give us like a five-star rating on iTunes and stuff like that. Give us a like. Yeah, uh, all that helps. Uh, but yeah get us on Twitter uh, at mailed underscore fuzz or you can get our individual Twitters where we actually just generally banter about things obviously mailed fuzz up Twitters for you know updates this stuff's available that kind of thing uh, you can get me on Twitter at wibble89 for my rantings and ravings and whatever else at connorryan94 for the ginger and at mattofsteel57 for Matt over yep. there and uh, yeah so get us on there keep in touch Thank you very much for watching and listening, as I said once before, keep reading comics, and always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. Long live the Legion.